<laughs> Do our levels look okay to you? Um, yeah. yeah, so okay. far. Uh, we're recording quite differently today. Well, it's not quite different from season one, but we got so used right. to recording remotely. I it's know. weird to actually be looking at each I other know. in real life. I know. It, it feels wrong somehow. <laughs> and you guys, listen, you should see our setup because my house has... I have someone there checking our air conditioning, which means they need to be in and out of every room of the house Mm -hmm. because the air conditioning vents go all through. It's central air, so it goes all throughout the house. So I asked Ashley if I could drive to her place today to record, and she's still got construction happening all around her home. So Right behind it. Uh Uh-huh. Of course. So, of course, we're going to do our best to noise reduce, but if you hear beeping or clanking or asphalt pouring... Don't mind it. It's just life happening. Yep. Because we are holed up in her bedroom. We have all the doors and windows closed. We're trying to make it as like studio-like as possible. Um, yeah. yeah. We'll We're see s- how well we do. <laughs> We're sitting crisscross applesauce <laughs> on the floor <laughs> as we record. Yep. Uh, speaking of which, uh, welcome to Dizzy for Dizzy. Yes. I'm Ashley. I'm Kristen, and this is our first official episode for, for season, season two, two of Central Kapama. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. And it's so exciting. Yeah. I have so many things to say. <laughs> <laughs> Kristen, <laughs> that, that's what that's what they're gonna put on your tombstone. <laughs> she had so many things to say. <laughs> Please make sure that happens. That's literally if you had a subtitle for your life, like the title of your book would be Kristen and the, the, the subtitle would be she has so many things to say. And Ashley's would be I just sat and listened. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I think man. you guys just figured out why we're best friends. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, Lord. Anyways, okay, I have more than usual to say. (laughs) Don't spit out your coffee. Uh, Yeah, so (laughs) needless to say, we're very excited. I think if you guys have been listening to us for more than, like, five minutes at a time, you know exactly why that is. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. Because. You guys know. Our favorite writer is back on the writing throne. And honestly, if anyone... (laughs) Say it. Say it, Ashley. Say it. Like, Is this Soapbox Ashley? Is this Soapbox Ashley? This was a perfect episode. It. Listen. This was writing, great writing at its finest. I agree. And Mm -hmm. anybody who disagrees, sorry, you should probably stop listening to this podcast right now. Unless you're like, hey, let's. Let, I'd love to hear your perspective. Right. If you're and, and let's have a yes. actual dialogue, dialogue, you know. But yes, if I, you're I not looking to have your mind changed, then yeah. or to consider the possibility that your mind might be changed, you know. Because I'm mm-hmm. all about talking to people that I disagree with. If you can have a good logical dialogue, yes, and you can actually try to understand the other person's perspective, mm-hmm. but. I, anyway. Well, um, no, I think it's important not to live in an echo chamber. Of course. Um, But not to the extent where it's just nothing but arguing and, yes. like, it gets ugly. Or if somebody d- disagrees with you, you don't need to villainize them. Right. Exactly. That's that's yeah. all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. 
But um, I think it was a perfect episode. I do too. Oh, and trust me, you guys, if Ashley, if Ashley hadn't have had to work, we and had been able to watch the live episode, we would have absolutely done like yeah. a super last minute impromptu recording but yeah, she I wasn't was able to watch so desperately trying to finish yes stuff up, so um so it all got saved for today yeah but that's okay it gave us time to watch the episode with subs mm-hmm. twice yep <laughs> and digest things and um, yeah i'm really glad actually mm-hmm. yeah because it it felt again like okay this i need to watch this again uh-huh. So I can play, pay closer attention. Yeah. And there were absolutely things I caught the second watch that mm-hmm. I didn't catch the first time. Yep. It, yeah. Which it is always, so typical. I know. It and I was so excited. <laughs> I know. Because it's, how long has it been since, well, like 16 it's episodes? It's been months. Yeah. It's been months. Months since that's happened. It's been an eternity. Mm-hmm. <laughs> because, yeah, like before, and I, you know, I think I mentioned this on, in our YouTube live last week, like, you know, during the 30s, if you guys listened, you know exactly how we felt. We don't need mm-hmm. to rehash that. But because there wasn't a whole lot to dig into, we yeah. would barely watch the episode one full watch. It, and there wasn't really anything else to find. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas that's not the case anymore. And the crazy thing to me is, like, there's probably still going to be stuff we either missed or don't bring up or forget to mention. Of course. Because there's just there's just so much. Mm-hmm. And it's like, ugh. Not that I needed the reminder, but it's always nice to have the reminder of exactly why we love Aisha's writing. And I'm really excited about, because she has a different team working with her. Yes. Um, uh, Denise and Malek. I don't remember their, is it Malek? I believe I it's remember. Malek and Denise. Uh, I don't remember their last names, but um, they have a pretty good uh, reputation for um, communication in their characters, mm-hmm. like solid writing so i think the three of them together i mean if this episode is any indication it's a really good not pairing whatever three of that is but yeah uh trio yes trio thank you (laughs) yeah thanks trio uh because yeah one of her writers is actually doing a new dz which Mm -hmm. is pretty cool it's one of the ones i want to check out and then the the person who actually created ek because Aisha wrote EK for the first 17 episodes and then most of the 40s. But she wasn't the creator like she was of Central Kapama. Right. But the creator of EK actually has a DZ, Jom Tavanlar. And you watched the first episode. I knew. Is it good? It's it's really good. Oh. Honestly, I went into it. I didn't really know mm-hmm. anything about it. But I had seen... Um, honestly, the reason I started it is mm-hmm. because I saw Krisha tweeting about it. Okay. And she was like, okay, I really like this. Oh, okay, I like mm-hmm. this. Okay, I like this. And so after she had basically given it her stamp of approval, I was like, all right, let me check this out. And I didn't realize it was the EK um, creator, creator mm-hmm. but it very much, they're super strong protagonist woman. Love it. Um, there, it's almost, it's like a second chance romance, mm-hmm. um, but there's some strife between Mostly from her to him. Okay. And it's very, it's got these really cool metaphorical storytelling things because this the show is called Glass, Glass Ceilings, Ceilings and they tie that in throughout the entire first episode a lot. I love that. And that mm-hmm. doesn't surprise me just because I did see the teaser for it. Okay. I didn't watch either of the fragments. Mm-hmm. I think there's been two fragments. Anyways, um, but when the teaser came out, 
and I didn't know what Jom Tavanlar meant yet. Sure. So I watched the teaser and I literally tweeted and I said, oh my gosh, because she, in the teaser, she like shatters a glass ceiling. Uh-huh. And I was like, is this going to be like a metaphor for women shattering the glass ceilings of them? And then when I Googled what Jom Tavanlar <laughs> meant, like five minutes later, I was like, oh, the like, show is oh. literally called Glass Ceilings. <laughs> like maybe you should have checked that first, Kristen. Whoops. Yeah. Uh, so that's really Ooh, that's cool. It's cool, and I feel like it's a little more atypical storytelling as far as DZs go. Which is always nice. Because of societal things. that, And so I, I, I really appreciated it. I thought it was a really solid first episode. Oh, yay. Yeah, and you, the, cup, the main couple doesn't meet until about halfway through, hmm. and you get a lot of the almost kind of fable-ish storytelling okay. of her background and her life. Um, so it really sets her up as a main character, mm-hmm. which I really enjoyed. Nice. I really liked it, and I want to keep going with it. I know. I want to check it out. I, I'm i I'm behind on Mirage. Well, so am I. I know, but you've, like, but you started <laughs> it much really later, behind. and you've been behind. Like, I've, this is the, today's Monday. I actually won't get to watch the new episode when subs come out, because I still need to watch last week's episode. Okay. Um, and that's, like, the first time since, like, January. That okay. has happened, which okay. I have a feeling that's going to happen all summer now because I realized. Well, yeah, but <laughs> I realized too when I started Marashla, Senchal Kapama was already in the 30s. Yeah. And that explains that. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm like, but oh. Aisha's back. Baby. Yes, that's what. Because I was like, wait, I was watching this while Senchal Kapama was airing and it was fine. And then I was like, oh, yeah, but there wasn't really any depth to the story. So. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so I'm behind on Marasha and I want to check out um, Ada Masala, I think is how you say it, which okay. is which is what one of Aisha's writing, one of the members of her previous writing team is writing for that one. Oh, and um, and she okay. tweeted about it. And okay. so okay. I, I'm like, well, I want to check that one out too. That yeah. one's had like several, a ton of teasers and stuff. Okay. And it's funny because I still don't know one thing about it, even though there's been, like, five teasers. Okay. Like, there's very little dialogue in most of them. <laughs> so you're like, what's this even about? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, I mean, it drives up the curiosity, so I guess it's yeah, doing its that's job. True. So we'll see if and when I get to check both of these out. But yeah. Anyhow. Yeah. And then one I just have to bring – I mean, we have we have other housekeeping, but mm. um, I just have to say, can we talk about how much – <laughs> Honda and Karim sing Aisha's praises. Oh, I know. I, oh I, my gosh. Mm, I it's, like. It's a little. <laughs> you know, okay. You know that um, Brooklyn Nine-Nine gif? Uh-huh. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking. <laughs> Is it? Yes. Yes. Vindication. <laughs> when Holt is like. Yep. <laughs> that is what that feels like when yes. that happens for yeah. me. Because. It tells me that they really appreciate her style of storytelling. Mm-hmm. I mean, and not that we didn't already know that because they've mentioned in the past. Yes. It was her, it was her story. It was her writing yes. that got them interested in the script to yep. even want to read it and, mm-hmm. you know, be on the show. But it's really nice. Obviously, we can't speak for them. So, but I just think silence says a lot mm-hmm. sometimes. And um, there was a lot of silence uh-huh. during episodes. <laughs> That we didn't love. Uh-huh. <laughs> and Save I, for some specific things yes. or scenes right. or things like that. Yes. You know, a Absolutely. lot of it was not necessarily directed at the writing specifically. Right. 
Whereas now Mm -hmm. they are being very vocal about the writing. I mean, he said, he tweeted, you know, back just before the finale aired, like, we will be back like no other. And I'm like, you can't tell me he didn't know she was back by then. Uh Um, Because you know when it was announced that Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that was right when it happened. That just means it's when we all found out. Yeah. I'm sure they knew way before. Absolutely. So him saying that. And then him, you know, I mean, from the second they started filming, he's like, this season, the whole cast, yeah. not even to say, you know, when they did one of their first lives and it was like all the cast, yeah. they were all talking about like, oh my gosh, these episodes and this season's going to be great. And and then when they went live, because I thought it was so, didn't you think it was so sweet that the whole like cast and crew watched the first episode together? I stinking loved that. And, and they then, said. And then like when, when little John's first scene came yeah, up, they were all applauding him. him. Like, oh my gosh. I know. So Ahmet and Maya are like, Listen. Let me tell you, this is something that also tells you what good writing is. In a book, if I were to pick up a romance novel that had a secret baby plot, mm-hmm. I'd probably DNF it. Yeah, me too. It's not my favorite trope by any means. At all. No. The fact that I am still super excited uh-huh. about this one, because when you just love an author or a writer uh-huh. or, like, you're willing to read or watch or whatever, stuff that normally you wouldn't from other authors or writers mm-hmm. um because you know that their style is something that pulls you in and yeah. so there's always that whole like well they could totally be doing this yeah, in a way they could do a fresh, it really well yes yeah so and already i feel like that's where we're headed oh yeah um you know so anyways they were a great addition i would have never thought you know what this cast needs children like me i would have never thought either. that but it is it is just it really is hitting the reset button yeah. and really giving it a fresh take and opening a new page. Totally. Um, so anyhow, but yeah, so when they all went live and then of course, and I loved it. God bless Karam. He's learning. Cause he's like, I don't want to say anything wrong, <laughs> but he's basically like, and God bless Honda. Cause she's so much better at this stuff than he is. Cause she's like, we just, Aisha's pen is magical and she's <laughs> lovely. Like, she kind of just stepped in, which was which was a good thing. Uh-huh. Uh, because, yeah. So I – but, yeah, that just made me so excited. I'm like, I will never get sick of them singing her praises because I'm like, I, I just love to know that they love the same type of storytelling mm-hmm. that we clearly do. Yep. So. Yep. Anyway, sorry. I know we could do a whole podcast just about that. I but know. I know. Anyhow. Um, I, th- I think that's pretty much it for homework. Or why do I always call it homework? Housekeeping. Um. Something that was interesting that I found out on Twitter, a lot of people were tweeting about it, so I'm not sure who exactly figured it out first. And this credit, this credit, I would imagine, goes to the editing team or the director. Okay. And it could be a coincidence, but I don't know. Even if, if it is a coincidence, it's quite the kismet coincidence. The first time Ed Sarah really have, like, eye contact and, like, actually oh, see each other yes. is at the 27-minute and two-second mark mm-hmm. in the episode one of season one and episode one. And I just yeah. thought, that's a – that's just cool because, like, mm-hmm. most of – I mean, our fandom is a unique one, so – Yes. They are the CIA and find yeah. all this stuff. But for the most part, that's not something people would really notice. No. So when, when someone like a director or, you know, camera – I don't know who the proper person is to credit for that, but – Sure. Like, takes the time to do something like that, knowing most likely it's a detail that's going to go unnoticed. Yeah. Like, I just – I appreciate it so much. Yeah. 
I just wanted to shout out whoever's responsible for that. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, I think we can. I think we can start talking about <laughs> this masterpiece of an episode. Ah, <laughs> I love it. Me too. So it's five years later. It's five years later. Big time jump. Big. That is a, I was like, okay. I expected five a year. Years. I expected yeah. a year, but I'm down with the five years. Yeah, and of course we. I, I was kind of laughing at the beginning with the misdirect with the phone call. Yes. Because we know that they're talking to other people, but it was very kind of masterfully done in that you see both of them on the phone and you think they're talking to the other one because, because it sounds like the conversation is going that way. Absolutely. But you find out that Ida is talking to Barack mm-hmm. and then uh, Sarah Khan is talking to Pearl. Yeah. Yes, yes. So basically we figure out – so. When we when we actually see who they're talking to, Sarkhan is doing something for work. Uh huh. And it seems that Edda is doing something that's just like fun and whimsical, mm-hmm. and so already that just encompasses who they are. Yes, very much. <laughs> you know, yeah. Edda's with this guy who we don't quite know who he is yet. Right. Um, Barack, but okay. I we can talk about this now, or we can talk about it later. But mm-hmm. was your after watching the episode? Mm-hmm. Can you pin him down? Like no, I do think he has feelings for Ida. I do too. For I think sure. that's pretty clear. But I, I know it's hard. Like he's not he's not a bad guy. But no, I kind of get this vibe of like, are you gonna cross a line? Because like you know, sure. even with his whole like, well, where's Ida? Like constantly concerned uh-huh. with where she is when she's not in the scene. Um, even the whole like, oh well she. When he brought the fish later on, you uh-huh. know, and then was like, oh, is she at dinner with that Sercombola? And Mel was like, well, how do you know who that is? Like, yeah. you know, where it's like. Well, and he doesn't deny that Kiraz is his child. Yes. To Sercon. When he says, yeah, teach so, your daughter uh-huh. manners or whatever he says. And then when they tell Melo, he's just kind of like, oh, yeah, ha, ha, ha. Uh-huh. He doesn't hate it, obviously. Right. Which, you know, it could just be a sign of how much he loves little Kiraz and that's. That's fine, but I'm wondering if I could see him being a point of conflict in Ed Sarah getting back together. Right. Or, but, but maybe only slightly. Yeah. I don't think any of these new characters who are clearly meant to be, you know, because obviously Denise, um, the hotel, (laughs) like, funny. you know what I mean? I'm like, is she just typecast? That's what I said. (laughs) I said, this poor typecast Does woman. Need to just give her strawberries and get rid uh-huh. of her. That's what I. Okay, well, during the live <laughs> during the live watch, I literally tweeted, "Someone give that hotel owner a strawberry smoothie." <laughs> um, and obviously, the EK mutuals yeah. totally got yeah, it. But of course, you know, neither one of them seem like they're going to be any real threats, which right. honestly is not shocking because no. that is the way the way Aisha does jealousy. Yep. is. In a comedic, not so frustrating way. Yeah. Like it's drain yeah. the pool. It's I have a dog too. Yes. It's you know. Yep. And exactly. so yeah, I'm not really I'm not worried about them. I just am like, ooh, Barack, are you gonna be like a sad puppy, like a sad little pathetic yeah. puppy dog, or like are you gonna realize you have no chance and that you just appreciate that you have a nice friendship with Edda and. I almost wonder if he is going to end up being Endgame for Melo. I know. I know because there's – and again, I couldn't tell with the subs uh-huh. um, because 
Yeah, and I did talk to our sub angel, you guys. He will be back with um with subtitle <laughs> files sure he for us. A break too. He absolutely did. Work and just life was very busy. Uh. Um and so yeah, so we will be getting subtitle files this season, um, as he can do them. But so yeah, we didn't I didn't really get to there was a few scenes I was like, man, I wish I had clarification yeah, on this. Yeah, and yeah. normally I would ask Miriam, but she's been so busy with like finals and work and all this oh, stuff. And I'm like, yeah. I don't want to ask her because I know if I asked her, she would do it. But I she know. probably it's doesn't have the time. You don't want to take up their time. No, I don't yeah. want to be a burden. Yeah. So there are a few things that I'm like, man, I hope we get clarification. But I figure if anything, we can talk about it next week. If sure. there's something that really pops up and is. Anyways. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I kind of got the feeling maybe that's where that's headed. Because Melo makes a comment at one point later in the episode like, well, maybe one day that'll be directed towards me, like mm, these kinds yeah, of feelings. Yeah, yeah. But I didn't know if she meant like in a general sense, like someone right. will Talking feel about that for love, me, right? Yeah. Yes. Or if she was very being specific to yeah. Barack. So yeah. So anyways. we'll we'll see. Yes. Um, but, but anyways, yeah. Edda's being Edda. Sercon's being Sercon. Well, and I love the whole implication right straight from the start. That Serkan is haunted by Ada because yes. he oh. sees her in every mm-hmm. tall woman mm-hmm. with beautiful hair mm-hmm. and the balloons. He sees the back of the truck. Yep. Oh. Um, yes, that quote from the back of the truck. Yep. Don't be afraid of the dark because, or if you find yourself in the dark, um, don't be afraid because that's when you see the stars. That's yep. a, you know that's essentially what it's saying. So exactly. of course, not only was it. A truck quote, which already alludes to Edda. Right. Um, but then it kind of references her even within the quote because Yilda's lar, like, yes, you know, stars. Exactly. So I, oh, chef's kiss. I miss, uh-huh. I just missed that so much. Yeah. So that, that was beautiful because mm-hmm. you know that it's not over for him. No. We know it's not over for Edda. That's obvious, right. especially with Kiraz. But for for Serkan, he's the harder one to pin down. Yes. He's Mr. Emotionally Constipated Starch mm-hmm. Man. So it, it's just lovely to see it. And then he's just so bothered. Yes. Yeah. He like he has to drive around the truck. <laughs> yeah. Not because the truck's driving too slowly, but because he's got this quote staring him uh-huh. in the face. He can't, he can't stand it. Nope. Uh, which then leads to, um, because, I mean, Nothing really big happens with Edda and right, They just right. go to this shop that's got all kinds of fun goodies and things, and they, yeah. sh- they go shopping. Um, so um, what happens with Parole and Sercon though, it's very evident that Parole is the one working um, because she basically – the Sercon basically ends up canceling this job that they were going to be at because he finds out that they kind of made some tweaks that he's not just going to be in New York. He's going to be in Minnesota, too. And he's <laughs> yeah. like, do you know where the closest hospital is? It's 40 kilometers away. And Again, how Sercon like, Bolat. Uh-huh. <laughs> he's back. He's worried about the hospital being far away. <laughs> yes. Which honestly is just classic Sercon mm-hmm. and makes even more sense as somebody who has recovered from a brain tumor. Absolutely. Who probably needs to have scans on the regular, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. So, you know... Um, Speaking of which, then he obvi- and then he asks Pearl if brune ta- Brun tamers, what brain tumors? Whoa, <laughs> what's that called? A spoonerism when you like switch the anyways. Yes, um, brain tumors. He asks if they can make you hallucinate, and she's like, Sirkon, you don't have a brain tumor. <laughs> I love that. You literally just had a scam last week. You were and cured you've been years ago for yeah. years. Uh-huh. <laughs> 
And so she's like, you know, and I can see, I know there were some people who saw that as insensitive, but here's the thing. It's Sercon. Like and you have Carl. to be. A, They've yes. known each other for years. And you have to be a straight shooter with, yes. with them. You know what I mean? Like yeah. with someone like Sercon, you can't coddle him. Mm-hmm. So it, I don't think it was a matter of her being insensitive. It was just no. a matter of like, listen, here's the reality. Let's stay in it. Yes. You know, yeah. like let's be logical yes. about this. Yeah. You've been cured. You were scanned. You're fine. Mm-hmm. You're not hallucinating because of yeah. a brain tumor. Yeah. Um, you know, anyway, so Sarah Khan ends up canceling this job because he's like, no, they made last minute changes. We're not working mm-hmm. with them, which of course Pearl's like, we're disgraced. Like, this is ugly. Yeah. He's like, no, what's ugly is them, you know, making these changes. Forget it. Yeah. And she's like, so you made me do all of this when I could have just been home yeah. with my son. Mm-hmm. And that's when we kind of get the idea that she's the one working. Angan's the one who stays home with John. And can I just say... I love that so much for them. They are yeah. exactly the kind of parents I would picture them oh, to yeah. be. And God bless Aisha and her team for redeeming Pearl because mm-hmm. 30s Pearl was um, not Pearl. Was not Pearl. She was mm-hmm. body snatched, much like many of the characters during the 30s. Yep. Um, but she just became this like stereotype in the worst way mm-hmm. of pregnant hormonal women. Yeah. Um, and she was just a caricature of herself, I think is the best way to describe it. So I love that that was just completely nipped and undone within the first five minutes yeah. of the episode. Yeah. Um, yeah, I said, my. I think my exact note on them is that Engin and Pearl are chaotic good as parents. Yes, it's true. <laughs> it really is true. Like, I, I just, I don't know. I was so happy to see that they were Engin and Pearl again. Yeah. Yep. Um, so. Yeah, so... Um, Basically, Serkan, um, sorry, That's I okay. said, so he's on his way. Is this when he's... Well, okay, there's a quick little over at the office. R- okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Because they go back to the office, and then right as they get there, Pearl gets a phone call, and it's Angan, and mm-hmm. he has to take John to the hospital mm-hmm. because he fell or got a cut, and they have to take him to the ER real quick. So she... Zooms out, tells Erdem to cancel her meeting, and then Erdem, of course, can't cancel a meeting because he's Erdem. Uh-huh. <laughs> so he kind of, you know, sneaks his way into Zerkon's <laughs> office and he's like, hey, listen, so Pearl had something come up and there's this meeting. So Zerkon goes to the meeting. Which is in Chile, uh-huh. which is, what do you know? Where Edda is currently working exactly. on the landscape at a hotel. Yes. The same hotel that Art Life is clearly doing the architecture uh, on. Right. And, and the renovation yes. and all this stuff. Yeah. So. <clears throat> so enter Kiraz and a return to me feeling, which happens many yes. times this oh, episode. Yes. First, it happens with Edda mm-hmm. because she's kind of like, oh my gosh, what's going on? She gets this sense this feeling that comes over her as she's working in the garden Mm -hmm. and we see from our perspective Serkan almost hitting Kiraz with his car oh my gosh and that's the moment that the feeling kind of overcomes Edda and some sort of you know uh mystical invisible handcuffs exactly Mm -hmm. um happens the second that they meet yes yeah so and Kiraz is sassy just like her mama. Oh my gosh. I said I said LOL these two stubborn brats. Uh-huh. <laughs> because you know, she's basically like 
or he gets out and he's like, are you okay? I almost hit you. And she's like, well, maybe you shouldn't be on your phone. Uh-huh. Which, I mean, she has a point. Yes, she does. Um, yeah. He shouldn't be on his phone. No. And, you know, so they kind of bicker a little bit. And he's like, well, what are you doing? Like, you're a kid out in the street. Like, what are you doing? Do you run away from home? And she's like, I'm picking blackberries. Yeah, I ran away from home. What are you, two? Like, just like. Oh, and he's uh. like, well, get in the car. I need to take you to your mom. And she, so she is like, no, I need to pick more blueberries since you made me drop all these. Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, okay, then I'm leaving you. And why do you even need to pick these blackberries, blah, blah, blah. And he, she says, because you don't start, you don't, <clears throat> you don't start something you're not going to finish. Mm-hmm. I have to finish what I'm started. Which was totally an allusion to episode six. Yeah. When Sarah Khan tells Edda during when they're doing that whole house renovation um, that, you know, you don't enter a game you can't win. Mm-hmm. And you don't, lo- you don't, you don't, en- don't, you don't enter a game you can't win and you don't lose a game that you've entered. Yep. So I loved that, that clearly oh, yeah. she's being raised on values that not only belong to Edda, but she's raising her on values that Sarah Khan has taught her. Yep. Um, and I love that. So, you know, I don't even think Sarah Khan realizes that when she says it. Oh, but no way. Yeah. I think he respects it because then he winds then up he sitting on the hood of his car and <laughs> waiting for her to finish picking her blackberries. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So um, they – end up back in the car obviously and he gets her all buckled in and she's like what's your name anyway and he's he's like Sarkon Volat and she's like oh do you have many horses I loved that (laughs) I thought that was so cute very cute Um, and because he does have horses uh that's what's even funnier yes um but I love that him, him being like, no, Bolat means very strong. Uh-huh. And I was like, that reeks of, I also have a dog energy. Uh-huh. <laughs> he has to prove himself to this little girl. <laughs> oh my God. He's like, no, it means very strong, but I also have horses. <laughs> <laughs> so true. And then she gets her little sticky fingers all over the yes. inside of the car, which someone pointed out how funny that... Um, you know, in the beginning, Edda has to unwillingly get in the car with Sarah Khan in the first episode. Right. Kiraz basically has to, oh, this sounds bad, unwillingly get in the car, but he's not kidnapping her. Right, right. Um, and they both kind of damage his car. Uh-huh. She's keying, Edda's keying it when he first meets her. Yep. And Kiraz is wiping her little blackberry her juice little hands. hands. <laughs> jam hands, yes. <laughs> that was thank all you, I thought of. Thank you, Luke Danes. <laughs> Like, see, Luke Dins is right. She's got jam hands. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Literally. So, you know, then it, there's some more bickering. He has to take a phone call and he's trying to get her to be quiet and she's yeah. giggling. And he's like, I understand I'm late and all this stuff. So he basically is like, I need to get – you're coming to the hotel with me now. We'll just drop you off with a guard or something because I'm right. late. And she's just kind of like, okay, whatever. <laughs> he's like, by the way, what's your name? Uh-huh. And she says, Kiraz. And he's like – What's your real name? <laughs> and she's like, that is my real name. Do you want to know my last name? Mm-hmm. And clearly it's not Bolot because she right. would have immediately said something. Like, oh, I have the same last name. Right. Yeah. So it's clearly Yildiz. Uh-huh. Um, or at least maybe that's all she knows of her last name being. Maybe she's registered as Bolot. Sure. You know, but anyways. So, but they get interrupted. He gets off the phone and then he's like, okay gosh what the heck like where's your dad and she's like well my dad's not here he's far away and he's like of course and she's like well he's an astronaut yeah he's in space (laughs) which honestly again 
Because do you know astronaut means star sailor? Oh, so I like that. It's totally an allusion uh-huh. to the little prince. Oh, of course. And I'm like, of course he's an astronaut. Uh-huh. Like, mm-hmm. if, of course his his mysterious where he's at is going to be something mm-hmm. to do with space and stars. And stars, because that's very Sarkon. Uh-huh. And then it ties in the little prince later, yep. which we'll get into. Someone did like a really good analysis on that that I'll read when we get to those story times. And I love, he's like, oh, okay, your dad's an astronaut, of course. Your name is Karaz. Is your mom a Pegasus? Like, <laughs> and she's like, no, my mom's, mom's a fairy. fairy girl. And when she's like, do you have a fairy? And he's like, oh, no. So good. So good. I love that she asked him if he I has know. a fairy. I know. And did you know, I thought this was interesting about pe- about Pegasi. I think that's the plural of Pegasus. I think that sounds right. Um. <laughs> The Pegasus symbolizes freedom, and it can only be ridden by gods or demigods who are noble and good-hearted. So I kind of loved that. Like, Well, and that, you know, again, we're getting, we're getting back into all the symbolism. Mm-hmm. And we talked about earlier in another episode that Serkan's name means noble. Mm-hmm. And we're going we're gonna to come back to that. So. Hey, okay, okay. <laughs> I'm so excited because I did not even note that part. Like I didn't even do the call. A couple that, things so. occurred to me as as this was all, yeah. Okay, was, awesome. We'll, we'll get to that. Awesome. So, you know, then we get the whole. He drives her to the hotel. <clears throat> Excuse me. He's like, "We'll leave you with the guard," and she's like, "No need," because my mom's here. And but she they have runs, the whole runs off. <laughs> I love it. She just runs off. But and then we had the of course from the fragment the whole. Are you going to undo my seatbelt? Are you going to open uh-huh. my door? And I was like, good. Her mom is teaching her to have standards, as she should. <laughs> like, yes, he can undo your seatbelt. Yes, he can open your door and be a gentleman. Um, so uh, this is when we actually get to see Karaz and Anne interact. Uh-huh. You know, and she's like, where where have you been? Like, of, were you wandering off again in the forest? And she's like, yeah, but a man brought me home. And she's, and she's like, like, "Um, what man? What man? And she points to Sarkon, but he's hidden by trees and like yeah. you know greenery and all that so she just sees a random dude as far as ed is concerned yeah but she's like i do love that she's like okay i'm glad you're here but listen let's not get into cars with strangers yeah. anymore <laughs> and so then she's funny. like he has such a cool last name mom and she's uh-huh. about to say what it is and then we get to Malo. see Melo. Yeah. Who is clearly a beloved Teze to Arcuraz. And she's like, this girl has me chasing her all over the place. So, you know, we get even more of a picture of just the kind of gregarious, filled with life little girl that Karaz is. Energetic. Yes. Yeah, she obviously runs everyone ragged. Yes. Or runs Melo ragged, at uh-huh. least. So, um, she basically is all scattered, you know, um... Kiraz winds up telling Edda, like, she wants to bake a cake. That's why mm. she went and got these blackberries. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, Melo's going to bake the cake with her. They kind of run off and do that. And I said, oh, she basically, she made, like, she made a Sachma cake. Like, what Edda would make with the girl. Like, just, oh, like, that's yeah, what it made me yeah. think of is, like, they just gathered I, their ingredients. I forgot and about that. So I, I don't oh. know if that was the purpose, but. Well, I think it was because later they talk about what they put mm-hmm. in the cake. And she's like, there's raw eggs in there. Go yeah. ahead, eat it. Like, yeah. So I was like, it's a well, sausage like, cake. Yeah, because yeah, later on, Milo's like, you don't even want to know what's in this cake. Let me tell you. <laughs> and then it cuts off. But, <clears throat> right. Oh, man. I love that. Yeah. So, you know, when she's baking the cake and 
or the cake is baked and they're singing her praises and all this stuff. Mm-hmm. I love it because at this point, I think Ifair's arrived. Barack is there. Melo's there. They're all just kind of hanging out at the cafe there at the hotel. Right. And um, and, the, and from what I can understand, the cafe, Ifair runs it, it seems like. And it maybe she like and Barack that. co-own it or something. Yeah. It's not super clear, but they run, they kind of run the cafe together. Um, So, you know. It's funny, though, because he brings her a present and mm-hmm. it's full of magic stuff. So we then learn that Kiraz, you know, enjoys magic tricks. Yes. Um, and listen, you guys, <laughs> I know just like her dad, she loves it. I <laughs> listen, Say it live, I'm... Kristen. <laughs> listen, she could still be adopted, okay? Now, here, listen. Oh, my God. I, I know I'm wrong. <laughs> And I'm not even, this is what's funny. People think I'm like, this is what it is at this point. You know that Michael Scott scene when Pam's like, stop dating my mom. And he's like, you know what? I'm going to date her even harder. It's because people are telling you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. People are telling me. And I'm like, listen, it is. being stubborn. Yes, it is still possible. It's very highly unlikely because she shares way too many attributes with Serkan. Yeah. And yes, there are attributes she could share with him. If they're not related, of which course. is why I'm like, hey, guys, guess what? There's still a 0.0003% chance this is possible. Yeah. Um. So I won't let go of that teeny tiny thing until I see a pregnant Edda flashback or her in labor or something like that. But please let it be known. Um. Please don't be concerned for my, like, intelligence. I know... <laughs> I know she's not adopted. Honestly, it's the whole, it's the crux of the angst for this season that she is not adopted and that she is his biological child. So, and you all know we love extravaganzas here. So I am all for her being biologically his. I just love seeing how worked up people get when I bring up the logic of adoption also. (laughs) So funny. So anyways, she's into magic. Another sign that she's definitely Serkan's daughter. She supposedly is really good at making money. Yes. And coming up with schemes to be rich in the future. Because uh-huh. Melo says something about that it must be genetic. Mm-hmm. And Ifair's panties are immediately twisted. Yeah. Can we talk about, I'm like, oh, okay, Ifair's back. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Whatever. We don't even need to talk about it. No, we do not. Who cares? No. But, um, yeah. So we, we're already starting to see... The allusions to her parentage yes. here from yes. the beginning. Yes. So, Sarkon finishes his meeting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Melo is flirting and distracted as she's trying to keep an eye on Kiraz. Um, and we have the moment, the, the first moment, moment, when Sarkon looks over <laughs> and sees Ida. Of course, he doesn't believe his eyes. Mm-hmm. He thinks he's, he's been hallucinating. seeing her for five years. Well, and even just that day, he thought he he mm-hmm. just thought he saw her earlier. He saw the balloons with her name. Yeah, it's all this stuff, mm-hmm. and so he's like, "Of course, like Serkan, don't be ridiculous. It's not her." Mm-hmm. And he's kind of trying to talk himself out of it. And then she looks at him, and he slowly he realizes it still takes him so long because he's like, "Now she's looking at me," and he still looks away again, yeah. looks back over, and he's like, "Man, these hallucinations! Like she's gorgeous." These hallucinations are getting super real like because up until then when the person turns around or whatever Mm -hmm. he then realizes that it's not her right so i think you know it happens a lot right he is having to talk himself through it for like two minutes yep yep (laughs) so i love this because he's seeing her in a garden that she has designed Mm -hmm. which 
back in episode five, what yep. did he say? I mean, I know those, this is slightly different, you know, because but he tells her, you know, he'd be honored to walk through a garden that she designed one day. Right. And while this isn't necessarily what he meant when he said that. Right. I love that it's the callback to that. I got a lot of callbacks to episode five, um, this episode, but, you know, but she's literally tending this garden right now. Yep. And this is when he sees her. And she, it's such a simple reunion. They're just outside. Mm-hmm. Around a bunch of flowers. Mm-hmm. And when he, when she says his name, mm-hmm. I think finally is when he's That's like. That's kind of when the trance is broken. Yes. Yeah. And he like realizes it's you. And he, mm-hmm. and he, I think he actually says He that. says it's really you. It's really you. Yeah. And so when that, and he, you see the shift in his eyes when he's like. Gail, like he, yes, and then they hug that initial hug, that oh initial gosh. hug, and that said so much because she is so overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. She is like, she's got tears in her eyes yeah. that won't, they're you know, she's trying to keep them at bay. Yeah, she is, she's clearly feeling entirely differently about this than he is because he is like smiling that it's mm-hmm. actually her, he is like in disbelief in a whole different way. Yeah, so that already tells us right there, they are on two different planets as far as what this is. It's very clear from the start, yeah, the their perspectives mm-hmm. on their parting. Yes. And the time that has passed since then. Yes. It's so clear. Just in that the hug. The whole mm-hmm. time, every interaction he has with her, he's happy to see her mm-hmm. and he's excited and it's there's no sense of dread whatsoever right. coming off of him. Yep. Just a little bit in the car where he's, like, questioning. Sure. Like, what am I doing? Yes. And kind of like, you know, you know, mm-hmm. I'll be careful and I'm right. not going to fall in love again. Right. Because I'm I'm back to the old circle and everything's fine. Mm-hmm. But for her, you can see the deep hurt that yeah. is <laughs> Still, Still there. very much there and much closer to the surface than very she would like so. it to be. Yeah. So, you know, <coughs> but bless you. <coughs> bless you. <coughs> bless you. <laughs> um, so, you know, um, they, it's interesting because he is like, wait. Aren't you, weren't you in Italy? And she's like, well, no, not right now. Like for work. Mm-hmm. Basically, she implies that that's why she's here. And she makes sure to constantly change the subject when he, because I think he, there's something else I want to say he asks, but she just basically is like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Um, and, you know, he's like, oh, well, this is actually, you know, we're doing the architecture. And she's like, of course you are. I'm doing the landscape, mm-hmm. you know, where they're both kind of like, oh, duh, that makes sense. And yeah. he's like, this is Pearl's project. Have you two not crossed paths? Uh-huh. And she's like, no. But later on, it's pretty clear they have. <laughs> yeah. But I love that we were kind of tricked right oh, here. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because for all intents and purposes, she did not look like, oh, shoot, I need to lie about this. She literally is like, no, I haven't. Uh-huh. Um, And so Sarah Khan is like, it's been so long. Like, do you have time? Maybe we can get coffee. And she's hesitant. Like, I don't, like, I don't really know. Right. And he's like, but we can, Ed, it's been years. Can we just catch up, like, two adults? Can I say how much I love, I love that our writing team uh-huh. ha- is bringing us everything we have been begging for uh-huh. for more than 10 episodes. And that is communication. Like adults. Like adults. Mm-hmm. 
And so I, he uses that phrase yep. multiple times yes, during he this does. episode. Now, she does eventually agree because Karaz is off running in the background. And yeah, so she, she it's, suddenly has motivation. Right. It's more like, yep, let's go. And you know what? I'm, and let's go right now. <laughs> and let's get off the property. Because he's like, well, there's a cafe right here, which yeah. is iFair's cafe. So obviously they can't go there. Right. And so she's like, no, no, I think I need to get off the property for a bit. I've been working a lot. Let's You go wait in the parking lot and I'll be right there. Yes. And he's like, okay. He's already kind of got, got his little spidey senses tingling. Right. But hey, she's going to go to coffee. You know, it's mm-hmm. good. Uh, so Edda but, makes mm. a phone call. Um, oh, no. Melo comes and finds her. And Edda's kind of like in a trance. Yes. And she, when she finally snaps out of it, she's like, you need to get Kiraz out of here right yes. now. And she doesn't tell Melo anything. She just is really showing how urgent this is. Mm-hmm. And she needs to be gone. I'll catch you up later. Please just get her out of here. Yeah. So then we get... Um, uh, do we want to cover this right now? Yeah, I was going to say, it's, okay. It's just real quick. Yeah, are you talking about Aydan and Kimmel? Yes. Okay, so can, can I say, I lo- again, I'm, this is my own speculation, obviously, but I, I kind of love that Aydan's been dumb and stupid, like, and not, and been hiding Kimmel for five years. God bless that saint of a man for putting up with oh him for that gosh, long. Oh my yeah. Yeah. Um, and good for him for finally standing up for himself. Yes, that's now. what I really loved. Yes, where he's like, because basically they've been together, it seems, this entire time. They've traveled a lot, things like that. But she still hasn't told Serkan about them. Right. They've been, quote, hiding things. Right. I Okay, get, he knows, right? He, he absolutely knows. knows. He absolutely knows. I When they have that sure. interaction in the garden. Yes. Okay. Where he's like, oh. Let what, me give tell, you time. Tell to come. me, yes. Mm-hmm. Why don't you tell me why you're here, Mom? Uh-huh. I'll give you some time for an explanation to give me about why you're here. Uh-huh. And so he absolutely knows. Well, and even the way he looks when he's like, Kim Albe, and he's like, Sir Kumpet, and they kind of, they... Well, and and the second Idon is like, what is she? She says like, oh, I happened to to come across mm-hmm. Kimal Bay. He rolls his eyes. Yes, and I'm like, and okay, so and even Angan, even Angan had yes. gets a little kind of So I'm like, okay, this is like a friends Chandler and Monica situation. Like <laughs> they don't know that we know that they know we know exactly, like, but they know exactly because it's obvious. Yes. So, so yeah, but I love that he's clearly waiting for her to just be like, hey. I'm in a relationship with this man. So he can mm-hmm. be like, yeah, dumb mom. <laughs> yeah. Why wouldn't you just tell me? Yeah. Like, I've known for a long time. Yeah. You um, don't think you're as sneaky as you think you are. Right. Or you're not well, as sneaky as you think you are. And part of me wonders if Kemal also knows. Like, I mean, I know he put on that whole show, like, I'm going to go talk to Sarah Khan, da, 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 da. Right. But I almost wonder if that was more just to light the fire under her to do it. Maybe. Because I feel like. Maybe he and Kimal have had a conversation about this already, or maybe Kimal. Or maybe Kimal's just, just gonna be like, "Look, you know this, right?" Right. Or just Kimal has this sense of like, "I know he has to know already." Right. But yeah, okay. So we are on the same page with that. Yes. That he clearly knows that okay. I was I was suspicious from the start, but that conversation in the garden, I yeah. was like, he for sure knows. Mm-hmm. He wasn't born yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. So, but that's kind of it. And then yes. Safi is a third wheel the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> or poor Kimal. <laughs> I know. Poor Kimal. Three is a crowd, not company. So that's that. Um, I know we got that little flash too to Ingen and Pearl getting home where we get to really see the kind of picture of the kind of parents they are, which yes. is, you know, we kind of touched on that exactly how I would picture them. Yes. Um, and they're still very much in love. Yes. They, but they have their bickering. That, absolutely. Just everything that makes them classic them. Yes. So, um, 
So now we can get back to Ed's. <laughs> yes. Okay. So the drive time to to getting coffee. <sighs> yes. So okay. Um. Sorry, some of this is a little out of order, so I need to get to this. But um, basically, they're in the car, and mm-hmm. it's all inner dialogue. Yes. So and it's a parallel yes. scene. Like, man, I didn't realize how much I missed. We these. missed those where they're. They're they're having the same type of thoughts, mm-hmm. but again, seeing their completely different perspectives on what this is. Yep. Because, you know, she says, what am I doing in this car? Mm-hmm. What am I doing with you after all these years? And he, do you have him? Mm-hmm. Do you have his stuff? He says, where am I going? What am I doing? Uh, and then, well, he it, this is him, uh-huh. right? We're... Why did you suggest coffee? What's left for us to talk about? Mm-hmm. And then out loud he says. He says, if it's too windy for you, I can close the hatch if you want. So, we, again, we get a flash. Uh-huh. A flashback. And, and, of course, we know she doesn't need it shut because mm-hmm. she's Edda and likes her hair blowing. But it goes beyond that. Yeah. she's She just says, no, that's okay. But then in her head, she says, is it windy for me? I'm freezing. I'm on fire. Like, she's mm-hmm. both. Does that Does that even bother you? You burned with your you burned with your huge ego. You broke and passed right through me. Mm-hmm. Whatever you do, I will not be deceived by you again. Mm-hmm. And then he says, "I no, that's him." Oh, that is him that says that. He says, "Whatever you do, I will not. I won't be deceived by you again. I won't knock on this door again." And then she says, "No more knocking on my door." The old Edda is gone. The one who begs you. The one you hurt. But she came back every time. Mm-hmm. And he says, since you left, I found myself, became the former Sarkon. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you might think so, buddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Falling in love again? Never. And he's got this self-satisfied smirk mm-hmm. on his face as he's thinking that. And then she's thinking the exact same thing. Mm-hmm. Falling in love again? Never. Now, you know, he says, yeah, I became the old Sarkon. But the thing is, he... He what he is is the version of Sarkon he's a he was afraid of becoming in twenty four mm-hmm. where he's like if you're not touching my heart like I I have no cho- like I ha- to go back to my old ways but I won't be able to fully go back to them because mm-hmm. I'll basically like I know what it is to have you in my life and touching my heart so yep. I won't ever be able to fully go back to that yeah so you know he's fooling himself into thinking that's what he's doing right. Because he's thinking that he's protecting himself. Absolutely. And it's back to Serkan mm-hmm. putting that cage around his heart. Yep. Putting that cover over his rose, so to speak, to yep. protect it. Yep. Well, and I found this passage specifically from um, Madonna and from Madonna and Coat. Thank you. And he basically says, and so it was that I, spoilers, you guys, if you haven't read this, okay. Um, and so it was that I slipped back into the life I'd led before meeting Maria is her Mm. name. My days were just as empty and aimless as before, but also more painful because there was a difference. I had believed in my ignorance that there was nothing more to life than this. I was suffering now because I knew that there was another way to live. I no longer took any notice of my surroundings. The joys of life were forever closed to me for a brief while. A woman had pulled me out of list out of listless lethargy. She had taught me that I was a man or rather a human being. She had shown me that the world was not as absurd as I had previously thought and that I had the capacity for joy. But from the moment we lost touch, 
I lost the benefit of her influence. I went back to my old ways, but I still understood just how desperately I needed her. I was not the sort of man who could walk through life alone. I needed her at my side. I could not live without her support, yet somehow I carried on living, as you can see. If this can be called living, then this is what I did. Mm, that so, is great. Yep. Only the next line is, I never heard from Maria again. So obviously <laughs> our story is going to go. In a much different direction. In a much different direction. But yeah. it's clear to see um, where um, where we're headed. Mm-hmm. Um, and then early, because earlier in the book, he's talking about when he first met her and how she had, she swept me away from my dark and silent world, delivering me to the land of truth and light. Hmm. Uh, and now she had vanished, offering no reasons as suddenly as she had come. Um, you know, and I almost wonder if that's what Zerkhan's perspective is going to be, that she just – because we don't really know his yet. We, this episode right. was mostly about Edda getting to say her piece. We see a lot. All the yes. flashbacks are Edda's flashbacks, not right. Zerkhan's. And I believe his are coming. Um, I have a feeling because we'll get more of his we, perspective mm-hmm. in the next episode. Yeah, I agree. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna get a lot of back and forth with mm-hmm. that. Um, I'm not worried about that at all because she's. Aisha's always been good about giving us both perspectives. Oh yeah. Um, and so, for this episode is more about Edda's, and mm-hmm. so I'm curious because you know there's even some things he said. Well, you know he says something about later on in his head about. Um, or maybe he says it in the car so, somewhere where he says about not trusting her again. Mm. So to me, I'm like, okay, clearly he, ha- clearly he has some. There's something in his perspective, right, that he saw as her like breaking his trust somehow, like, sure. and whether that was because she actually left, um, even though it seems right. like he was doing everything he could to push her away. Um, but we know how Serkan's perspective is going to be. Um, skewed with something like mm-hmm. that because of his past right. and because of his uh, issues with attachment and, and abandonment. abandonment. Exactly. So him, her leaving him is going to be completely right. d- devastating mm-hmm. to him specifically in a way that it might not be to other people. Right. Because like when he was sick and yeah. he's feverish and he's like, don't leave me. Mm-hmm. You know that that was a yeah, deeper statement. Yeah, in episode 11, yeah. yeah you, we, we know as viewers that that was a deeper statement than, than him just, just being sick and like, yeah. no, don't go. Mm-hmm. He's like, no, don't leave me. Everybody else has left me in my yeah. life. Because, yeah, then he has that dream exactly. where he his family left him. Exactly. And shipped him off to boarding school. Yep. Good point. So, um. Anyways, so after they have those, um, he, after they have their little thought things. Oh, right. Thought bubbles. And it <laughs> gets a little sticky on her hands. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and she's like, oh, because it's clearly she knows this is out of character for Serkan's uh-huh. car. Absolutely. And he's like, oh, yeah, there was this, I had to take this, there was this little girl this morning p- picking blackberries. I had to take her to her mother. So she got in the car and of course they're now it's sticky everywhere and she's like um today and he's like yeah she was a real piece of work like she was a real disaster she was a real disaster and do you love (laughs) mind you this woman hasn't told this man for in five years he's a father but she's offended yes that he's called like oh hmm i see your love for children hasn't gone away (laughs) And we get one of his first perspectives about kids. And he's like, the world's overpopulated, Edda. We don't need to add to it. Right. So clearly that's only one aspect of it. Yes. Because you wouldn't just 
I'm sorry. <laughs> that she wouldn't just not tell him about a kid because he's like overpopulation. There's clearly going to be more to of why she didn't tell him. Yes. Um, <laughs> I think that's just one of the many things. But, you know, and also we know that this he sees this clearly because he even tells Pearl at the beginning like, yeah, people with kids are always in trouble. Like there's always drama. There's always issues. Like, yes. You know, so like you poor idiots with your right. children. Well, and you know, <laughs> let's go back to episode 17, was it, when they're taking care of that baby? Mm-hmm. Like, hello. He's yeah. like, this is disgusting. And he's like marching up the stairs because they're spit up on his yep. shoulder. And, you know, and he's like, they're better to look at from afar. Like, yeah. And he so, sees their marriage. And he's like, great, look at their relationship. Now that they have kids. It's right. ruined. And yep. he clearly has a very bad perspective of yes. how a relationship is yeah. once children have entered well the, the and situation. who can blame him because well, look yeah. at his parents mm-hmm. like they lost one and they basically forgot about their other one and yeah. shipped him off so of course he's gonna think like kids ruin a relationship yeah. and ruin you know so again i i don't mean this in any jerky way i promise i'm not trying to be mean but to me this makes sense i know a lot of people are like there's a lot of people who are like, this isn't Sarkon. This is out of character. He wanted kids. Like, and I know the Sarkon of the 30s wanted kids. But yeah. ev- almost everything about the 30s, there were so many things that were so out of character with all of our characters. Right. So, I, you know, and not that I'm saying you that every single event that's happened um, by other writers needs to be disregarded. Because no, that's not just not all. logical. And right. it's not. It's not disregarded. Otherwise, the brain tumor wouldn't exist. Right. We even get a flashback with the ring tattoo. So mm-hmm. clearly something happened to get those removed or faded or whatever. Right. Um, it wasn't – they weren't just being ignored. Right. Um, you know, we even get flashbacks to, you know, the bookcase and broken lamp night mm-hmm. and um, when they threw the bottles in the mm-hmm. ocean in the fin- in the season finale. Yeah. So it's not that – yeah, it's not that – it's not character writing being disregarded, but – it is far more in character for Sarah Khan to feel this way about Very kids. So. Especially when you add in the fact that he had to face death. Yes. The fact that, you know, so it's like it would make sense that he would clearly already dealing with the fears and things that he is, mm-hmm. that he would also be like, uh, oh, we don't need to bring a kid into this. Like right. this could come back and then I'm going to leave my kid just like my exactly. parents like abandoned me. No, exactly. never. You yeah. know, but or, he's. Or what if my kid also ends up with a brain tumor right. or what if. I pass this th- on. It, yeah. yeah. There mm-hmm. are so many. Because he had a brother who died from an illness uh-huh. and then Sarah Khan got an illness. So clearly yep. there's genetics at play here too that I yeah. can totally understand why he would have the, that internal struggle yep. and maybe more or less voice it as like, well, the world's overpopulated in kids are just more trouble than they're worth because it's way easier to put up those walls totally than to admit the vulnerability of those things yep anyways i just i wanted to put that out there no i i fully agree so then we get their actual them sitting down for coffee Mm -hmm. and their conversation Um, (laughs) they kind of catch everybody up catch each other up on each other on everybody um engin and parole he tells Tells her about the fact that Angan is a stay-at-home dad uh-huh, now. And, which I just love. Because I, they figured out that Pearl does more work. Shocking. <laughs> We've known this forever. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious that they basically evaluated who was uh-huh. a better asset to the company. Yeah. And she's like, sorry, I win. You uh-huh. stay home. <laughs> which, yeah, nobody here in this podcast is shocked. But no. um, yeah. And, okay, so I know there were, and again, I'll offer my perspective on this. There were a lot of people who were very upset about the fact that 
the way Layla was explained leaving was because Air Dem cheated on her and then she quit, which left Sarah Khan in the Sorry, lurch. Sorry, I but... was very satisfied with that, okay. honestly. <laughs> okay, do you want to know why I was very satisfied with that? Because it shows how ridiculous it was. Thank you. Yes, I just thought to myself, okay, <laughs> what that says to me is, that storyline was so asinine it was that so it's going to get out an, there. Yes, it's going to also get an asinine mm-hmm. um, explanation. Explanation. Yeah. Because, yes, honestly, it would have been more like if Layla cheated on him or if Layla was like, uh, I can do a lot better than you. Right. See ya. Yeah. And then got this like crazy amazing job offer. Yes. And you know, if that's your headcanon and that's what happened in your alternate sure, universe, yeah, yeah, that yeah. is awesome. That's fine. But honestly, to me, what that said was, yeah, let's just acknowledge how stupid this storyline was and the fact that that's never what was supposed to be. Um, and have something just as ridiculous happen where Erdem is cheating. Uh-huh. And of course, Eda is like, oh, Erdem uh-huh. cheated on Layla. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. So I, I felt like it was a nod to the fandom in a way i honestly. appreciated the shade yeah. let's just say that if that's what it was obviously we're speculating from our own yeah you know this but. whole thing i felt like was was shade mm-hmm. with parole being the more responsible yep. more productive yep. person in the company yep with Erdem supposedly mm-hmm. cheating on layla uh-huh. and then Denise, with jaren and oh. Faree <gasps> being together yes and being and happy, happy together in london having a baby uh-huh, and everything is lovely and fine between the two of them i was like Yes, oh, I because love that is what that is what pre thirties Joran deserved. Mm-hmm. That is what all of Farid has mm-hmm. always deserved. Um, yes, so yes. I, lo- I mean, how many times have we said justice for Farid? I know, and he got and he it, got it, he got it. So this whole thing, I was like, yes, beautiful. I I, love- <laughs> I am sad that he's gone, but because. I knew, but we knew Jerem was going to have to be gone because she, you know, right, has, right, right. she has a bigger role now in a, in a new show, which is, you know, congratulations to her. Right. Um, but that means if Farid were to stay, then they would have had to he explain. He would still be alone. Yeah, he'd be alone. So, um, I, you know, I hope Charit has a great job offer coming or another project because I yeah. would love to see him in something. Um, yeah. but yeah, I, I'm just really, yeah, Farid, Farid got the HEA he deserved. I know. So. So good. So good. So, you know, they just, they are chatting more about that. And then I love it because Sarkhan starts listing off her accomplishments. Well, first she asks him how he is because he. Well, he keeps trying to do small talk because he's like, how's your aunt? How's Melo? Well, and that's where she stops the small talk. Yeah, yeah. Because she was small talking before. She's like, Sarkhan, how are you? Yep. Yeah. And then, of course, we find out he's healthy. He's good. And she, Mm -hmm. under her breath, is like, yeah, like I told you. Mm -hmm. And I kind of love that because, again, we get another perspective of where he was at with his illness and where she was at with it. Yes. And then he starts listing all of her accomplishments because he's like, well, why aren't you still in Italy? Uh-huh. And starts listing all the stuff that she's done. And she's like, have you been keeping track of me? Mm-hmm. Which uh, the clear resounding answer has. to that is yes. But of course he explains it by like, well, I read international magazine. So of course I'm going to come across uh-huh. articles about you. Sure, sure, sure. And he's like, why would you leave with all that success? And if this answer is not the epitome of the Edda we met from day one. Yep. She says, success isn't just measured by work for me. Like, mm-hmm. that's not just the definition of success for me. Mm-hmm. And I love that because he's like, yeah, but I see all these things that you've done. And then, you know, you're here. It's a waste of talent in your career. And she's like, yep. excuse me? A waste? A waste. Uh-huh. And he, you know, he does say, 
you know what, forgive me, that was harsh. Like, he does backtrack a smidge. Sure. Um, And she's like, and this right here, the blowing dagger. Mm-hmm. I chose to live. That's what success is for me. Yep. And, okay, so this is the first inkling of Serkan that the Serkan that we used to know, the Serkan mm-hmm. that he tends to revert to where work is success and yep. success is measured in material things or in progression in career right. and things like that yep. where he's like, okay, this is a tangible thing for me to measure success with. Yep. So that's how he's using it and that's why he's confused by Edda. So right. let's just put a pin in that. Yes. So then we get these, you know, because they're at this restaurant by the ocean, which is, of course, right. kind of a nod to the first time they go. It's in episode two, I'm pretty sure, when they, you know, are at that lunch. Mm-hmm. And, um, right. And he's not even paying attention to the view. Right. And she's like, wow, look at this. Mm-hmm. It's always changing. Why can't you, why wouldn't you be distracted by this? Yep. I would love to be here and look at this yep. amazing view. Well, and they get, the, there's these flashbacks to Antalya and, mm-hmm. um, you know, when he carries her off and then when they throw the bottles in the ocean and when that comes back up, that's when she's like, okay. Or he yeah, asks, he says, do you, do you remember, remember that, that day? day? So they're both clearly thinking about it. But she is just she's like, like no, are I'm you not com- going there? Yeah. yeah. She's like, are you coming back here? Meaning like to Sheila, like, yeah, because she's just concerned about crap. What am I going to do about Kiraz? Mm-hmm. You know, you know, that's what she's thinking. And I love it because he then shifts the subject mm-hmm. and he tells her how beautiful she is, which, of course, <laughs> I did love that. And he's like, it's been five years and you're still just as beautiful. And she's like, stop, stop being, you know, don't say any nonsense. And he's like, I'm just saying what's on the mind of every man. Uh-huh. <laughs> and she's like, every man, of course. Mm-hmm. And then he's like, is there someone uh-huh. in and your like, life? Of course, because Sarah Conbolot <laughs> can't just leave well enough alone. And she gets his number. She's like, okay, mm-hmm. I understand now. Of course, this is where the conversation is going to lead. Yep. Of course. And he's like, of course. Of course we're going to go to this mm-hmm. topic. It's been five years. It's just a simple question. It's a simple question. But is it's there not. Or is there not? <laughs> and she's like, you know, after five years, you're sitting in front of me as if nothing mm-hmm. has happened. And you're asking if someone is, is in my life. Are we really at this point? And he's like, we're not anywhere, Edda. Like normal people, we're just sitting down and talking mm-hmm. for five minutes. And she's like, are we normal people, Sarkhan? And of course they're not. Of course they're not. She's like, after all we've been through, and he's like, no, please continue. She's Because she uh, kind of stops, like, I'm not going to go there. Yeah. She's like, you know, what was, was, okay? And he's like, no, Edda, it's clear that you have something to tell me, so mm-hmm. tell me. And this is another thing that we haven't seen for a while, yeah. where he can tell things about her right. without her saying them. Mm-hmm. He can tell when she's keeping things from him. Right. He can tell when she's not being 100% honest. Right. Just like he knew during episode 24. Yep. With Baba Ane. Mm-hmm. You know, he knew he, he knew that she wasn't giving him the full story and he kept doing everything he could to be like, listen, I like, if we're in this together, we can get through this. Yep. Like, Yeah. And so she, at this point, she's just kind of done. She's going to unleash. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she's like, I'm not going to tell him anything. And so she says, you know, what are we doing here? Mm-hmm. She's like, after all these years, you invite me for coffee, and I came. And not only am I broken, but do you want me just absolutely torn apart? And again, a whole where we get the confirmation that their perspectives on 
what has transpired yep. in the last five years are entirely different because mm-hmm. he's he says you're right our past is in the past but we parted amicably yeah and Gosh. we parted quite nicely and beautifully isn't that true and she's just her you can just tell she's uh-huh because she's like i just want to leave like yeah. i just want to go and she asks she you know flags the waiter asks for the bill yep and he says you know we Again, wanted his perspective yep we wanted to love and look where it took us and she says, she, what do you understand about love, Sir Combolot? And you know what? I, I right here when he's like, really, Eta? Because, mm-hmm. you know, the fact of the matter is whatever's transpired over this gap of time we've missed, mm-hmm. they did love each other at one yeah. point. And, you know, they clearly still do. But, yeah. you know, and so she says, yes. And she says, look, I don't want to remember you like this. Mm-hmm. So clearly, again, <laughs> she's done what she can to hold on to the good things. And obviously right. she's seeing all the good things every day in Kiraz. You of know what course. I mean? So that makes it easier to yeah, hold on to the best parts of Serkan. Like minute right, reminders. Of yeah. the best parts of him. Yes. You know, so she's like, I don't want to remember you like this. And I don't want it to be this way. Mm-hmm. You know? And she says, now what she, what she means here to me is she means this coffee date. Yes. I, that's That was what I thought yes. too. Yeah. Us meeting was a mistake from the get-go. Meaning the like, I shouldn't have agreed to come to this coffee right, date. Right, right. He, of course, then uh. takes offense. And of course, yeah. Takes it a step further. And he's like, a mistake. He's like, actually, do you know what the mistake was? Do you remember that day at the presentation? Uh, Meaning the very first day they ever interacted. At the college. Uh He's like, the mistake is that after that day, I allowed you to come into my life. This is the mistake. mistake. And she's like, get out of here. Well, her, the look on her face first, though, Mm -hmm. like, She's clearly devastated by that, she's but she's like, he would I need that. to collect myself. And that, yeah, and she's like, that's it. I'm out of here. Yep. And she storms out like she should. Mm-hmm. Like, you invited me to this coffee, and then you're going to tell me that from the from the very beginning, yep. years ago, all of this was a mistake. Then why did, you know, then why did you even bring me here? Exactly. But of course, they're both lashing out because they're hurt, and there are still things that they need to talk about. Yeah, and it's their first interaction after five years. Exactly. Of course, it's not going to go smoothly. No, not at all. Yeah. So... Um, we, we switch over to something a little more lighthearted. Angan and Pearl, basically, we kind of get more perspective of their life with a kid. Yes. But it's also clear they haven't had alone time in a long time. Right. And so basically this whole interaction leads to Serkan being like, Serkan, Peril, who's yeah. basically the female Serkan, um, being like, hey, why don't we send John to your mom's uh-huh. and like, let's have a date night. Mm-hmm. And Angan's like, uh, yeah, let's do that right now. And he's like, all right, John, let's get uh-huh. you. Let's, let's, let's get you to get grandma's. You uh-huh. <laughs> so I love that. So we get a quick flash to Serkan driving away upset. Ed is not in the car. Obviously, she found her own way back to right, the hotel. Right. Um, Edda comes back home and again, more lightheartedness because Karaz has prepared a magic show. Uh-huh. So she gets to sit down and just kind of do her mom thing and yeah. decompress from that. Uh, but of course, nothing cannot remind her of Sarakon because right. the first magic trick mm-hmm. is a disappearing necklace. Necklace, and we get the flashback uh-huh. to when Sarakon did that in episode three. Yeah. And, you know, we it's just basically a whole montage of all her cute magic tricks, mm-hmm. hocus pocus, and all her adorableness. Yes. Um, and,. Then at the end, of course, she's like, okay, well, you guys enjoyed the show. Then open your pocket. <laughs> There's the business sense in her. Yeah. So she goes around collecting money. It's all it's all very cute. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And then there's, we get there's very, more genetic talk too. I think there is from yes, Edda this time, and from I Edda. and mm-hmm. ooh, I fear because she tries to shut it down. And I'm like, listen, you don't get to shut that down when she's talking about her own child. Thank you very much. And I love that Edda's like, what I can say his mm-hmm. I can say his name and acknowledge this because she is just like him. Yep, you know. And I get what I fear saying when she's like, no, my 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 Kiraz isn't like anyone. She's like herself, which. Yes, that is also yes, true. Yes, she is. Yeah. But, but we also carry yeah. The, yeah. the characteristics of, of our, our parents. parents. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a very common thing. Mm-hmm. And did you want to slap Ifer after this next part? Look, I understand it. Booba. Because they they do, obviously, Kiraz mm-hmm. is a nice guy. And he has a connection with Kiraz. Yes. Yeah. So I understand because even Melo is on that train and mm-hmm. is like, well, he's a, nice, he's a guy. nice guy, blah, blah, blah. But we all know that that doesn't necessarily mean no. that somebody, that pe- that two people should be together. Right. So I get it. It's still very annoying. The, the And I was annoyed with Ifair and Idon mm-hmm. with the animosity towards yes. Eda and Serkan. Um, because honestly, like it's between them. And on top of that, like, it's pretty clear that they both have, because again, like while one of the things I desperately missed Mm -hmm. in Aisha's writing is that even when the characters are doing, and this is, this is a summarization of, um, Krisha, of Krisha's, uh, DZ Law Review. Okay. But she basically said like, the thing with Aisha's characters Mm -hmm. is that, even when they're doing things we don't like or agree with, mm-hmm. we understand them. Yep. They're not they're they don't just do things to piss us off for the sake of a plot. Right. It's like, you know, for example, in episode 14, when Serkan breaks up with Edda, uh-huh. of course we all were like, oh my gosh, you yeah. need to just tell her the truth. Yeah. But so as much as we disagreed with it and mm-hmm. knew he was wrong in not telling her. We understood that what he was doing was what he thought was protecting her by him taking on all of her hate, Mm -hmm. him taking on all of her anger because she'll get over me because Mm -hmm. I'm not worthy of her love anyways, but she'll never get over the fact that this is how her parents were taken from her and her knowing that isn't going to bring them back. So I'd rather have her angry and hateful to me for the rest of her life than bring this pain to her. Yep. And honestly... This this is realistic character writing. Yes. This is good yes. character writing. Yes. Because if you have a character who's just perfect all the time, that's not realistic. No. And frankly, I don't want a perfect character. Right. I like gray characters. Yep. I like characters that reflect the world back to me. Right. Because they're nuanced. Because they're yes. Because they make mistakes. Because maybe they jump to conclusions mm-hmm. that they shouldn't. Because maybe they have abandonment issues. Mm-hmm. So... To me, that is a better reflection of the world that we see around us and mm-hmm. in relationships that we have to other people than somebody who's just going to be perfect all the time and always understands the perspective of everybody else and right. reacts in the perfect exact way that they should. Yep. That's I'm sorry, but that's not realistic. No, it's not. And while, no, we don't read romance novels and watch Jeezy's for 100% realism. Realism. Right. We do want some relatability. Absolutely. And, you know, so yeah, like... You know, what are the chances that a famous landscape architect would be able to, who's clearly having all these articles written about, would be able to keep her, keep it private knowledge that she has a child? Like, you know what I mean? And like Sarah Khan not having the means, if he's kept tabs on her, the fact that he wouldn't have seen, 
you know, anything a about her. kid by her. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, there are things where we do need to suspend our belief. Of course. Um. Because there is that element of fantasy. Yes. But you know. in their characters and who they are as people, yes. I want someone that seems re- some relatable in certain aspects. Uh-huh. Like, yeah, I want things about them that also make them perfect and, you know, unattainable in real life because that's part of the fun of fiction. Exactly. Um, but not with things like this. And mm-hmm. so, <clears throat> sorry. Um, you know, yeah. So it's like for me with I Don't I Fair, I'm like, Come on, if we can see that they both have legs to stand on in this, yes, you can hate that your son was hurt by of this. Course. Yes, you can hate that your niece was clearly, you know, clearly has suffered and mm-hmm. had to make a very difficult decision to raise right. a child on her own out of the, without even, um, why can't I spit the words out, without even telling her father right that she exists like but you know and while Ada is impulsive there this was not a decision she made out of impulsivity because she had to make a decision that clearly meant the safety and well-being not just for her Mm -hmm. but for her daughter so and I think well that'll become clear as the episodes unfold but definitely yeah so it's like with I don't I fair like I'm like okay you too but I also think that we're gonna see that proper growth happened in them. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of see why we had to be reset with them a little bit. Sure. Too, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we, um, yeah, we get that whole conversation. <laughs> yeah. We're obviously one of the reasons Barack is there is mm-hmm. to be a potential for Edda right. or, you know, a theoretic potential right. for Edda. <laughs> but yeah, we all know better. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Angan and Pearl – Poor people. They can't even get it on. Yeah, their night gets ruined by Sercon. Clueless Sercon. Yeah. <laughs> and at that point, when he and Engen talk, then again, we get kind of a parallel situation. Yes. Where, because Eda calls Parole. Yes. And, and this is where we find out that they, they certainly clearly have, have been each in, other. We're still not clear if she knows about Kiraz. Yes. But. That they've at least kept in touch over the years, if anything, right. professionally, you right. know, because I'm sure they've probably crossed paths professionally in the last five years. Of course. So, yeah, I do like that um, Pearl's like, let me go outside. And then that's when Edda calls. And then uh, Serkan and Ingen are in the house. Yeah. And, yeah, we get the whole – they, again, <laughs> we're having the same conversation that are – but. Clearly, from entirely different oh, perspectives. Totally different. Yeah, because Ed is like, uh, Sercon came here, mm-hmm. and Pearl's like, "What?" Yep. And then inside the house, yeah, he's like, um, he's like, "I saw Edda today," and then Angan's like, "Wait, wait, wait, wait! What do you mean you saw Edda?" And he's like, "Yeah, she returned from Italy a long time ago, and I didn't know." And we get Edda. I froze when I saw him in front of me. And he says, at first, I thought I was hallucinating. <laughs> and she says, my arms and legs just, like, turned to jelly. Uh-huh. And I couldn't even breathe for a few seconds. He says, you know what's the strangest thing? Uh, after years, we see each other as if nothing has changed. And Edda says, after all these years, so much has changed. I was like, oh, Sarah. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
he says she was right she was right next to me and i didn't even know and she says he really shouldn't come into my life again Mm -hmm. and pearl's telling her don't worry this is you know this happened outside of my control i promise you he's not going to enter your life anymore this is my project he doesn't need to go there again okay and so you know she says okay okay and then back Ingen. in the house, Ingen's mm-hmm. like, okay, I understand, brother. It's a very difficult situation. But after all, you made a decision years ago. You need to stand behind your decision. Mm-hmm. He's like, don't go to the hotel anymore. Don't see her again. There's no need to confuse things, to confuse thoughts. Excuse me. But Serkan just kind of gets a look on his face where you know he's like. You know he's in stubborn Serkan mode. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, um. We get after this, she, you know, uh, phone calls hang up and we get story time with Kuraz. Yes. And she asks to read her favorite book, which is, of course, Could You Friends? Yes. And what, um, what she winds up reading is not in the book, is in the book. <laughs> it took me forever to find it, but I found it. Where is it? Because I have a different section. Page 20. Open up to page 20. Where she says, I know a planet in, or I'm sorry, where the little prince says to the narrator, I know a planet inhabited by a red-faced gentleman. He's never smelled, it took me two hours to find this, Ashley. He never smelled a flower. He never looked at a star. He has never loved anyone. He's never done anything except add up numbers. And all day long, he says over and over, just like you, I'm a serious man. I'm a serious man. And he puffs himself up with pride. But he's not a man at all. He's a mushroom. So then I was like, okay, let me see if someone has done some analysis on this whole calling him a mushroom thing. And I love it because on schmoop.com, somebody. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) Schmoop is a curriculum for high schoolers. Oh, well, that's probably that's. Yeah. Yeah. So because this is like breaking down a lot of stuff in The Little Prince. But I specifically looked up this part. And um, it says. The little prince compares this man to a parasitic plant, and this is certainly the only mean thing the prince says in the book. He's really upset by the businessman's insensitivity to beauty, his pseudo-logic, and his greed. If the businessman were collecting stars because he thought they were beautiful, perhaps the prince would have forgiven him. But the businessman has no appreciation for the stars at all. He only wants the satisfaction of owning them, which obviously it's not really stars for Serkan as much as it is work and buildings and, you know, prestige and all this other stuff. Because that's, again, what he, what you mentioned earlier is this is what adds up to success for him. Um, And so, yeah, I was like, okay, so this is him. He, we, we further on in the book, I think it's around page 36 is where we actually see the interaction between him and the businessman. Yeah. Yeah. That was the part that I was focusing on. Yes. Because he, all he's doing is calculations in his head Mm -hmm. and that's his main focus. He keeps saying, I'm a serious man. I can't be bothered with trifles. Hmm. And, um... He's like, for 54 years, I've inhabited this planet, and I've been interrupted only three times. And he kind of explains why he was interrupted, and Mm -hmm. the little prince is the third time he was interrupted. And he's like... So I'm I'm too busy making my calculations, and he what he does is he counts the stars. Yep. And the prince keeps asking million what million what uh-huh. five million what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. And he's like, oh, those things that you sometimes see in the sky. Mm-hmm. Um. He and the little prince says flies. No, not the no those little shiny things. Bees. 
No, those little golden things that make lazy people daydream. Now I'm a serious person. I have no time for daydreaming. And again, we get this perspective of this man who is so focused on the things that he deems are success that he can't pay attention to the beautiful things, the dreaming things. And the little prince says, ah, you mean the stars. Mm. Yes, that's it, stars. And what do you do with 500 million stars? (laughs) 501,622,731. I'm a serious person and I'm accurate. And what do you do with those stars? What do I do with them? Yes, nothing. I own them. You own the stars? Mm -hmm. Yes, but I've already seen a king who... Kings don't own, they reign over. It's quite different. (laughs) And what good does owning the stars do you? Mm -hmm. It does me the good of being rich. And what good does it do you to be rich? (laughs) The little prince asks... It lets me buy other stars if somebody discovers them. And the little prince said to himself, this man argues a little like my drunkard. Mm -hmm. And the drunkard, if you read earlier, he is just kind of argumentative. He doesn't make any sense. Right. Um, So the little prince ends up asking, you know, how he even owns them, how they can even belong to him. And the, the businessman kind of explains in his bad logic <laughs> um and his terrible montic <laughs> right and he talks about putting them in the bank and he just writes the number of the stars that he owns on a slip of paper and that's and the little prince is like oh and that's all uh-huh. and he says that's enough and so the little prince in this he's like that's amusing thought the little prince and mm-hmm. even poetic but not very serious mm-hmm. the little prince had a very different idea about serious things from those from those of the grown-ups i own a flower myself he continued <laughs> which i water every day i own three volcanoes which i rake out every week i even rake out the extinct one you never know so it's of some use to my volcanoes and it's useful to my flower mm-hmm. that i own them but you are not useful to the stars that when I read that line, I was like, mm-hmm. it gave me chills because honestly, Zircon, when you're done with these buildings, mm-hmm. when you've, you know, created all this prestige for yourself, mm-hmm. what use are you are you to it? Once you've completed the building, what good are you to it? Yep. Like, you know? Yep. And so, and just like you said, um, you know, this line um, from the website was said, you know, the businessman can be seen as the epitome of grown-ups. He's obsessed with something that isn't actually important yep. and as a result neglects the truly beautiful and important things around him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I've just missed this so much. Yeah. Um, because it just – it so clearly describes where Serkan is at yeah. or trying to be in his life. Well, um, and I and I love the fact that now in this situation – Serkan is no longer the prince. Mm-hmm. Edda is the prince. Yep. And she's also the one with the child. Yeah. And so this is where the childlike perspective is coming. Mm-hmm. Edda has always had this perspective right. of a dreamer and a mm-hmm. stargazer and those things. But um, it it's like we're kind of taken back to, again, back to the beginning <sighs> yeah. with all of this. Yep. I agree. So. so before she reads the last part, we flash back over to Serkan. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he is kind of like, he and Ingen are trying to debate, does Pearl know? Like, did Pearl know she's back? All this stuff. Mm-hmm. And Ingen's like, no, she would have told me, which it becomes clearer and clearer. <laughs> unless Ingen's a very good liar. That 
that only Pearl knows. Yeah. So, and I love that she and Edda clearly maintained more oh, than just yeah. a professional relationship. That makes me so happy. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I like that she was kind of grafted into the girl. Yes. Yeah. And so, and I love that Ingen points out, you know, because he's like, has already told Sarkon, you don't really need to go back there. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, I am going to go back there. And he's like, why do you need to specifically be in Chile? We have businesses all over. We have mm-hmm. work and stuff. So, and he starts naming off places that they've got business happening. And he's like, why are you so concerned with one hotel in Chile? Which Ingen already is- Ingenarty but this knows. is where the truth comes out. Right. Because Sarkhan's like, she's hiding something from me. Uh-huh. But I love it because is it right here where Ingen's like, what could, What do you mean she's hiding something from you? Like, you have been apart for five years. Like, her, how can she be hiding something from you when she doesn't, like, owe you anything, basically? Right. right. Um, which, again, God bless him for pointing that stuff out. Yeah. Um, so we flash back over to Edda and Kiraz and she's reading. So we see how far they got in the book. Cause she's reading from the passage mm-hmm. that says all men have stars, but they are not the same things for different people, which clearly after the passage you just read mm-hmm. is very obvious. Yes. Um, for some who are traveler travelers, the stars are guides for others. They are no more than little lights in the sky for other people who are scholars. They are problems to be solved, but all these stars are silent. You, you alone will have stars as no one else has them. So I, I don't know. I just really love that. And, um, you know, we, Kiraz, we kind of discover then is actually still awake Mm -hmm. as she's listening. And she asks her mom, you know, which planet Mm -hmm. her dad is on now. And, um, Edda tells her she thinks that he's on, um, Uranus. Uranus. And so, and it's funny because, She's Kira says, Oh, that's fast. And that she wants to read, she wants to read him this book when he arrives. So it mm-hmm. kind of seems like she thinks his arrival on Earth is getting closer and closer and, and more eminent. And someone, um, Divya S on Twitter, S underscore D N A I R 429, kind of broke this down more. And um, she's because she said, You know, when she asks which planet is dad on mm-hmm. now, she says, when um when Baba and Karaz first meet, um, she tells Sarkon that her dad is on Mars. Oh. And so and now Edda has now said that he's on Uranus. Okay. And so if you're following hopping the planets like that, it means he has just one more planet to complete. So I almost wonder if these are like the valleys in EK that or maybe in this situation, because the little prince goes from asteroid to asteroid, yes. planet to planet, until. maybe she's thinking, oh, he only has so many uh-huh. left until he's on planet Earth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he has just one to complete in the solar system, and then Serkan will get to know that Karaz is his daughter. Um, and, you know, she said, she said after... Um, after exploring Neptune, which is technically what would be next, mm-hmm. he will be back home. And this time it won't take much time as he's already gone exploring the planets and his goal is home, his love, mm. and his daughter. Hmm. So I like the way that she broke that down. Yeah. Um, because, again, the astronaut thing made sense in the sense that Sarkon has always had an interest in the stars and things like that. Mm-hmm. So that already just made it. But then to also be able to tie in the little prince to that who, yeah, jumped from asteroid to asteroid mm-hmm. until he – well, and it's funny because Earth wasn't even really his final destination. It was getting no. back to his rose. His own, yeah. On his, his own, own planet. planet. Yep. So, um, yeah, I just, I really loved that. So, um, then what else does she ask? They start talking about, like, um, princesses and... 
Well, because she says that she wants to read the story to her dad when he comes mm-hmm. back. And she's like, yeah, that's great. And she's, uh, she says, I love books. And Edda says, mm-hmm. I love, I also really love books and I love fairy tales, but never forget, mm-hmm. we will believe in fairy tales, but what will we believe in the most? And then little Kiraz says, in yourself. And she says, yes, in I yourself. I love that because, again, it was a callback to her speech in episode 20, was it? When she gives that whole speech to those yes. girls in the school. And that's essentially the same message that she gave them. Yeah. So. Well, and she says, because princesses don't need anyone, they're hmm. able to do everything themselves. And then Kiraz says, what happens if the princess doesn't? <sighs> and she says, well, if the princess devotes her whole life to the prince mm. and all her happiness is in him then the prince might get bored with her the process is the same both internally and externally and the princes are like a closed box nobody knows what they like uh, and isn't it telling that when she's saying that line Sirkan is opening a locked safe and taking out what's important to him which, symbolically yep and he's doing that as she is saying what have they forgotten forever mm-hmm. or what can they never forget? And he is holding. Yes. So clearly he's kept that ever since he um, picked it up off of that boat when Edda took her telenovela dive into mm-hmm. the ocean. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's kept it in a safe. And he's kept it <laughs> in a safe. So he hasn't turned it back into a ring. Mm-hmm. So that's curious because she does mention later on when they got engaged. And I don't know if she meant – when when we saw them getting engaged, right. I assumed it was the second time they got engaged because she said, you know, she mentions about how he kept putting off the date of the wedding. Right. So I'm like, I wonder what her ring was. Like, because clearly it wasn't that. Right. Because it's still a necklace. Or if he was getting, if he or was he, supposed to get around to right. turning it back into a ring. And just never but did. But because of what was going on mentally, he mm-hmm. just never did. Yeah. So, yeah. But I love that we know he's kept it. So this is clearly mm-hmm. like, yeah, that, that. Jewel is representative of everything that's important to him because it's mm-hmm. pretty much the only thing inside that safe. Like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I just ugh, love it. Um, what a way to turn in the fact that I hated that it was turned into a necklace. Um, right. But way to bring it full circle, so to speak. Yeah. So. So the next morning, Engin and Pearl. Um, sorry. Um Pearl ends up coming back inside, and she's yes. like, oh, what do you mean you saw Edda? Uh-huh. How could I possibly know uh-huh. she was there? Because they kind of start to put uh-huh. the fire to her feet, and she's like, like, like you've been there so many times, uh-huh. and you haven't come across her. She's been there doing the landscaping. But I love that she never fully lies. Right. Because she's like, what are you saying? Yeah. Like, I mean. Like, so- you know that I've been busy on this project. Uh-huh. <laughs> so she doesn't ever deny seeing her, but she, it, it's, it's very shrewd because yes. she's not just like no Sarah Khan I haven't she's like what are you implying Sarah Khan as yeah. though she's offended by what he's implying yeah, yeah and I then love she's that. like forget it I'm Angan I'm going upstairs and Angan's like get is- out of here because <laughs> poor blue bald Angan he's been kept away from his wife already for so long and now Sarah Khan I love that he just leaves him on the couch too me too like see yourself out bro oh. I got a hot wife upstairs and you need to leave. So freaking good. Oh my gosh. I love it. Yeah. So, so then it's the next morning. So and, now it's the next morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and we meet, we meet Kirem, 
who is like her assistant, it seems, because he's kind of like helping yeah. plant things and stuff. Yeah. And um, it sounds like he's a, a little bit of a hoodlum and like maybe <laughs> this, maybe Anna giving him a chance was like, hey, this will be your opportunity to go to college. And See, to I a, just a assumed it meant like he was more just maybe, maybe she found someone like her down on his luck, couldn't really afford college. And so I, she's kind of taking him under her wing. Maybe. And I just was laughing because his solution for everything is I'll beat him up I'll for you. I'll beat him up. I know. So oh, like, that's he's true. Kind of yeah, a you're right. You're right. <laughs> I didn't even think of it that way. I do love that, though, because he's clearly protective and appreciative yes. of her. And so. He calls her Ada, Ada's sister. Ada, like, yeah. yes. Ada Abla. Uh-huh. Um, she even calls him Kardash. Mm-hmm. Like, I, so I do love that. It's very clearly established what their relationship yeah. is. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he kind of flits off to do whatever it is she sent him to do. And Serkan walks in all breezy. Gosh. And he's like, Kola Gelsin. And she's like, uh, and you're she's back. Like, what and, world am I living in? That he's and he's still like, here. yep. And he's like, well, I was supposed to meet with, you know, the owner yesterday. I couldn't. So I'm back to take care of that today. And, you know, and she's like, what does he say? He says something because she says, oh, so now that your opinion's changed, I just have to adjust, right? Right. Which, again, indicates this isn't the first time uh-huh. she's had to make adjustments well, based on. And she makes a comment like, wasn't it you who said we won't see each other again? That's what it was. And then it's, so your opinion changed on that. Uh-huh. And she's like, and I have to adjust. And he's like, if you want life to be easy for you. And, but. But then, you know, he softens a little because he sees yes. a flower in her hair. Uh-huh. I like that he asks if he can remove it. Yeah. Um, And, of course, then we get a very classic. This totally brought me back to episode 9 or 10 when he's like, I always want you by my side, dot, 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 for work. Uh-huh. And it, I got the same thing because he's like, can we try again? And she, like, looks up at him and he's like, yeah. to talk and have a rational conversation. <laughs> Didn't go so well yesterday. Yeah. Um, And... You know, I I do like – well, at first she's like, no, because he's like, okay, well, I'll be here all day. Think about it. Mm-hmm. And then kind of leaves it at that. So then Edda kind of gives him a heads up, right? This is when she's like – she calls Melo and is like, listen, Serkan is here. Yeah. Don't, lo- don't Keep let – Keep Kiraz out of here and my aunt. Yes. They but need of to stay co- home. But, of course, our dear sweet baby Angel <laughs> Melo is like, Anishte. <laughs> yeah. And – but then – a. Apparently, Aniche sounds a lot like a word for a type of noodle. Yeah. So then she sort of plays it off that, the, you know. The Kesme noodles. Yes. A noodle lover foundation. Yes. All this stuff. Ifair needs to cook noodles instead. Yeah, for Edda and all yeah. this other stuff. Yes. Yeah. So it just, it becomes this whole thing. Um, Angen, Angen and Pearl bring John to Art Life. And I don't remember exactly why they wind up having to bring him there. Um, I think they brought him on a whim to show where his parents work. Mm. I don't think he's yeah. been there ever. Um, and then they all end up taking a trip to Chile as right. soon as the, the girl finds out. Yeah, that the whole he's point there. of these next few scenes is everyone winds up needing to go to Chile for something. Like right. Angan and Pearl realize Sarkon went back, and yep. Pearl's like, "Crap! I promised Edda we need to go there now." But now yes. they have the kid, and so they're like, well, "We'll bring Erdem. He can watch the kid." So then that explains why Erdem's going to be there. Right. Idon and Safi, same thing because Kimal is like. I'm putting an end to this. I'm talking to Serkan since you clearly won't. Right. But, of course, Idon freaks out. So she tells Seifu they need to go to Chile to find Kimal before he can talk to Serkan. Because if Kimal, if he hears it from Kimal, it's going to be worse than hearing it from Idon. Yes. All this stuff. So, you know, it's just all these things that wind up bringing 
everyone to Sheila, which is yes, which is what plays out in these next few scenes. Well, and something that was interesting <laughs> is I think this is something I hadn't really mm-hmm. realized in the past with with Aisha's writing, specifically with Erdem, mm-hmm. because I think that Erdem is kind of the the character of the Shakespearean jester uh-huh. or the Shakespearean fool uh-huh. because he often is not. the one. Well, that's the whole thing of the the Shakespearean jester or yeah. the fool is that often they're not actually a fool and they're the ones actually speaking truth in the storyline that the other characters can't seem to see. Mm. So, like something that he something because he'll come up with these things and he'll say these things like he's like oh i want all i would predict that edda got married and had a baby uh-huh and then later on he says oh is this season two of edda and Serkan's love uh-huh he's the one that's kind of shouting these things well, that we as the audience are like well yes of course that's happening uh-huh. and the other people who are involved in the scene in the play are are clueless to no well and if you think about it he's the one who made sure everyone made it to the cafe at the end Mm -hmm. of the episode he is so like and he kind of orchestrated right in in so do you think sarah wrote that note or do you think erdem did that because why would he leave a note with he doesn't trust erdem that's true why would he leave a note with erdem to give to ingen why wouldn't he just text ingen and be like uh yeah i'm going after edda like that's a good point and you know Erdem, now you bring that up, Erdem has also been the one that's like, um, and this would be credited to, is it Erdem who says this? Now I'm questioning. But basically when they talk about like, it's. Well, this isn't the first time he does stuff like No, this. it's not. But this, uh, this is even in an episode, it's not even one that Aisha wrote, but if, if I'm remembering this correctly, it, it tracks mm-hmm. because he's like, this is 2020 women can propose to men too. Mm-hmm. And that's when Edda proposes to Sarah on the plane yep. at the end of 26. Um, and I'm, it is Erdem who says that, yes, right? Okay. Is. So bravo to Fikrit and Kareem for keeping that going. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, like he, there's, there's been a few times where it's like, yeah, is he kind of the evil, evil genius behind all of this? Right. Per, like portraying that he's a complete moron which oh never mind <laughs> i was just gonna bring up another dz example but it would have been a spoiler for you so anyways oh i, I think i know who you're talking about <laughs> because from the start he's supposedly just an idiot uh-huh, drunk but uh-huh. obviously there's more to his character uh-huh. than that so i yes. know who you're talking about even if i haven't okay seen the full yes, extent, extent of it, of it. played out yes so but yeah that's really yeah yeah, because uh, so one scholar argues that the clowning in Shakespeare's plays may have been intended as a, quote, emotional vacation from the more serious business of the main action. Mm-hmm. In other words, comic relief, uh-huh. which Erdem has been from the start. Yep. Clowning scenes in Shakespeare's tragedies most appear immediately after a truly yeah. horrific scene. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Oh, my gosh. Other- <laughs> Others argue that Shakespeare's clowning goes beyond just comic relief, instead making the horrific or deeply complex scenes more understandable and true to the realities of living then and now. Shifting the focus from the fictional world to the audience's reality helps convey more effectively the theme of the dramas. As Shakespeare's fools speak truth to other characters, they also speak truth to the audience. For example, mm-hmm. in The Twelfth Night, uh, first introduces a central theme. Sorry, this is something mm-hmm. that is a little different. That's but okay. um, that's like specific to that one. But yeah, basically there, there's a quote from a book called Guide to Shakespeare 
that he says that, of course, is the great secret of the successful fool that he is no fool at all. Okay. <laughs> Chills <laughs> on my arm. Okay. Aisha. Okay. I can't believe it took me that long to figure it out. Either. I mean, really, though? I can't either. Yeah, because I'm like, like what is... It did not even... I mean, there's been a few times where I'm like, oh, that's funny. Like, I, I just saw it as, like, just in that moment. Like, uh-huh. oh, ha-ha, it's their way of telling us something. But I didn't think to look deeper than that, which clearly we should have known better. It literally um, just occurred to me. But I didn't even have this in my notes. <laughs> I, like... Love that so much. Okay, Aisha Hanum, if you are listening, there's no doubt uh, she she knew what she was doing. Oh Give me my! A break. Of course she knew. Yes. Like, but I like if if yeah. you're listening, I know this is know. just one of the many reasons we love you so much. Um, yeah, and crazy. I can't, and I can't decide if I like hope she's listening or not. I know. I don't know if that will uh, make her scared of us, or if she'll be like, "Wow, these girls really truly." like love me mm. anyways um yeah i oh yeah uh-huh I, listen i know this isn't i know not every some people just want and there's nothing wrong with this if mm-hmm. you just want a simple run-of-the-mill love story sure and don't get me wrong there are some great simple run-of-the-mill love stories absolutely but there's just something about things like this mm-hmm. gosh that just it just adds a depth to it and yeah. like it just tells me how much thought and care yeah. is put into a story like this. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I've just missed it. I've missed this so much. Yeah. I've, I've really missed this so much. Like, and I, I already tweeted about this, but like, I purposely split this episode into two different nights to watch because I was like, uh-huh. we're back in the oh, realm. Of, yeah, we're back in the realm of we can't just watch an episode and barely write anything down and then talk about it. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so much. Like, and it did. It took me. Over two hours to watch the first hour, yeah. and then it took me almost three to finish the last hour and a half last yeah. night. Oh, my gosh. But I wouldn't trade it for oh, – I know. I, mm, I just love it. Totally. So, anyway, gosh, um, we were very... talking about why they they brought. But, yeah, yes. Airdem kind of goes – Airdem goes with them. Mm-hmm. They all end up kind of um, descending upon Chile. Yes, yes. <laughs> Including Aidan and Ker- – uh, Safety. Kemal and safety. Yes. So um, the, then we have this whole entire scene between Sarah and Denise and just chef's kiss, bravo, because I love that mm-hmm. Sarah Khan clearly has no interest or is even remotely like entertained by the fact because yeah, the Sarah Khan of 39 was absolutely using the fact that this actress was into him yes. to like – get under Edda's skin yeah. in what was, I think, supposed to be cute and funny. Mm-hmm. So this, I love, clearly shows, like, no, he's not only all business, but he's all business because that's what this transaction is between him yep. and this person. She's sitting here like, pinch me, you're here, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, uh-huh, are you listening to yeah, what I'm telling did you? did you hear what I said? We're talking about the project And the right only now. thing he gets distracted by is Edda sitting outside that window because Barack because, comes, uh-huh. her coffee, and the kind of she kind of pats his hand because it's on her shoulder because he's checking on her like, are you okay? Like the Edda, right. you know, you've been kind of sad, and that's when she kind of yeah. says, you know, I had to run in with my ex business partner. Mm-hmm. That's what this was about. Please don't worry about me. Right. Um, but all he sees is he doesn't see the verbal interaction of what he just sees the physical interaction, right. and so it causes some question. You know. Yes. 
and drain the pool mode is activated because right. whereas he was just singing Edda's praises for her landscaping. Uh-huh, like you made the right decision. Uh-huh. He is, of course, has to be Sarah Combolat and is like, you know, maybe we will take on the landscaping. So I'll have her do a presentation and then we'll decide, you know, if we're going to work together on this, which oh he knows gosh. is just going to piss her off. But uh-huh. as we all know, he he likes he loves to get under her skin. he loves to get under her skin yeah. so that whole scene yeah i loved that he was clueless to her advances and then was like i'm sorry what's wrong with you are you listening to me uh-huh because yeah it just makes it super clear that he only has eyes for edda and yeah. then again god bless our writing team because later on when he's like well i haven't been with anyone in five years yeah. and i'm like thank you for clarifying uh-huh. that we don't even have to remotely question if this man was with someone because of course he would because of course would never so melo has her first sight of sercon sercon yes. hasn't seen her yet but no. she sees him and she's like oh crap and then kira's comes up into the scene and she's like oh double crap yeah because it's like she has to make this decision do i show myself and reveal Mm -hmm. myself because then he's gonna know that you know um i'm here too and that's gonna probably put off more alarm bells that it's not just ed to hear on work and like the fact that you know that melo has a connection to this little girl Mm -hmm. uh, yeah so she kind of has to stand and just watch it unfold right um you know because what happens is a ball hits the water and knocks it onto sarkon's lap and you know, and it's funny because green seems to be a thing with Kiraz because yeah. it's the green ball. There's the green you know cup when she's better? doing the magic purple. purple. I know. That's what I wanted. I was like, why can't her color be purple? Well, her color can't the meaning. be her yes. color can't be purple because green yeah. stands for balance, mm. nature, spring and rebirth. It's the symbol <laughs> of prosperity, freshness and progress, renewal and even immortality. Yeah. So I understand why green. Yes. But part of me was like, it also but would have been symbolic if it was because, purple. Yes, there's always been this blue and red thing with Edda and Sarkhan. Yes. And the combination of blue and red is yes. purple. So. Yes. Yeah. So I'm, I'm with you, but I, I'm i good with green for these yeah, reasons. for sure. So, you know, he is like, well, guess what? You just got me all wet. And she's like, it's June. Like, <laughs> you're not going to freeze. You're not going to freeze. It's fine. And then Barack comes and basically backs her up. Yes. And she calls him Booba, uh-huh. which, because, you know, which Ed already explained, it's because of his name. Barack, yes. whatever his last name is, is like Ba something. So yeah, Booba. She calls him Booba. But it's close enough to Baba mm-hmm. that Sarah Khan makes the assumption Assumes. this must be his child. So he's like, hey, can you teach your daughter to be polite? And he's like, yeah, but can you also like ease up? She's a kid. Maybe you can give her her ball back yeah. and you know he hands- and it's a little bit of water that's not a big deal right yeah um so you know he gives the ball back and i love it because Karaz is like i don't like you sarcom bullet uh-huh. and he's like our feelings are mutual <laughs> madam so so um, they head over to Melo and explain what happened. Right. Melo's like, what did he say to you? Right. What did he say to him? What's right. going on? Uh-huh. And, uh, well, because Brock doesn't know any better. He could just say, oh, my my boss business partner, Edda, this is her child. Exactly. Like, you know. Exactly. So they retell the situation and then Brock ends up taking um, Kiraz to go fishing. For the rest of the day. Uh-huh. <laughs> but something really funny and very Sarkhan that I thought was hilarious mm-hmm. was Melo's like, okay, well, why don't we take your helmet off? You're going to go fishing. And then Kiraz is like, Melo, there are sharks in the ocean. I'm keeping it on. <laughs> I, yes. Oh, my gosh. 
<laughs> loved like, you that. Can't be too careful. Like, do nope. you understand there are sharks in the ocean? Uh-huh. I'm gonna protect myself. <laughs> yeah, leave my helmet on. So there, yeah. So she does that, and then I also did you know? You know, when Sarah under his breath as they're walking away, he's like, "Some people shouldn't have kids." Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, just you wait. <laughs> so uh, Kimal arrives he's looking for Sarah Khan everyone starts to actually arrive in Chile right, now right, right. so he's gonna go wait for him in the garden sip some coffee mm-hmm. um and I do love this at the same time this is when Karim's like the Edda I know is not sad like this yes. and you know because you know he's like I um they find out he kind of explains that Sarah Khan's taking yes, over all this stuff she kind of storms off like this is my thing I'm gonna take care of it mm-hmm. a few scenes pass it's it's she comes back to uh, Kirim again and he offers basically to beat him up yeah. and I love it because she's like listen you don't know how tempting that is it's very tempting and maybe one day we'll get to do it together but, <laughs> but that's not, not right today <laughs> I have things to take care of so I already just adore Kirim yeah. like I adore him um, so you know um, she then updates Melo updates Melo more on Serkan's presence now she has to give this whole presentation he's gonna regret the you know he's gonna regret mm-hmm. doing this all this stuff. Ingper and Erdem arrive. Mm-hmm. Sarah Khan sees them and he's like, what are you guys all doing here? And she's like, uh, we're taking care of this stuff with you. Yeah. And she's, and he's like, well, I'm here for the presentation. And she's like, what presentation? And he's like, well, the landscape architect needs to give a presentation. And she's like, they both go, you mean Edda? Yeah. And that's when Edda walks up and she's yeah. like, oh, you said my name? Yeah, here I am. You guys arrived just in time. She like lifts Sarkhan's glasses yes. up and she's like, who the heck are you to tell me? And just all very classic <laughs> yeah. Edda stuff, you know, where she's. And then, a, yeah, where she's incensed, obviously, that he would even doubt her ability. Which, hello. And he's like, Edda, yeah. we must be professionals. Oh, I wanted to slap <laughs> that smirk off his face so badly. And, um. And so she's like, you. I said, spicy it is back because she's like, uh-huh. oh, he's like, you have five minutes. She's like, I don't even need that. See you at the presentation. Yep. And then, um, yeah, I just love it because so Ingen and Pearl are like, oh, brother, you know, like, yeah. okay, like, let's. Okay, idiot. Yeah. Well, I guess we'll stay for the presentation uh-huh. since you've decided to be a moron. <laughs> and I love it because he's like, why is there Dem here? And he's like, so he can watch John so we can deal with you. And I love it because he's like, John's going to be the one to watch him. Yeah. <laughs> and then John's. Says to Erdem, like, oh, I'm sorry. They treat you like a child. (laughs) (laughs) So good. So then Safi and Idon arrive. They eventually find Kimal. Mm -hmm. And Safi, can I just say, Safi's face when he sees that Edda is present. Yeah. And he gets so happy. And Idon gets chills. And Idon gets, oh, you're right. She gets chills both times. Ada walks from the behind quote her. draft, but you're uh-huh. right. And so Ada <gasps> walks past. Mm-hmm. Uh, Idon gets chills, and, and Safi then Safi sees her and is always like, <gasps> "The captain of our ship yes. is back." I'm so happy. Yes. So I was like, I loved that Idon was the one uh-huh. getting chills from Ada arriving. <gasps> yeah, because yeah. we clearly know there's she's got the animosity towards Ada for whatever. Right. You know, she. Right. We've already covered that with the mm-hmm. whole Idon Ifer thing. Um. So, you know, this is when the three of them, her, Safi, and Kimal are in the little garden area. Mm-hmm. Sarah Khan winds up walking up because he's on his way to the presentation. Right. Ingen and Pearl are there. This is when they have that whole exchange that we kind of already talked about where he's like, okay, yeah, sure. What, quote, reason do you have for being here? So yeah. it's like he knows. Yes. Um, off they go to this presentation. Uh-huh. Pearl finds Edda. Yes. And this <gasps> is when we, find, the, the, when we find out that Pearl knows about Kira. Yes. Yes, which 
just adds such an element that, number one, I did not expect at all. Mm-hmm, me either. Number two, like we said later, it's revealed it's pretty – I don't even think she's shared that with Ingen, which means whatever Edda's reasoning was mm-hmm. must be made really perfect sense to, to Pearl. Pearl. Yeah. Because she's known Sarkon longer. Yep. She has a level head and about Sarkon her. Sarkon pointed that out earlier yes, when he, he was did. at their house. He's yep. like, I've been around way longer. Where are your loyalties, right. kind of? <laughs> yeah, and they're like, uh, Edda. Yeah. Um, they both say it. Mm-hmm. So, yes, I, it, I'm i just so much more intrigued now to see these flashbacks and the things that led to their breakup and what led to her making the decision to not tell him about her. Because well, and she says to Pearl, she's like, what does he want from me? Mm-hmm. Didn't I do everything he wanted me to? Yes, I did I everything like, he asked. okay, mm-hmm. the plot thickens. I know. And I, it makes me even more curious when we're going to see the flip side of this. Whatever episode where we're going to hear all of the Sarecon versions uh-huh. of this. You know, I did everything I could possibly, because I could sure. see him being like, I did everything I thought she could possibly want. You know what I right. mean? Like, I'm so curious. And I like well, and hit all his comments about we parted very nicely. Yes. Like, uh, you know, the, oh, this is another perk of us breaking yeah, up. Yeah, you got to finish school. Yeah, yeah I know. So it's like, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not mad at him for having that perspective. I'm just, I can't wait to see yes. what gave him that perspective. Yep. But yeah, you're right. That was super powerful her being like, and because she's basically crying when she says that. Like, yeah. I did everything like yeah i gave him everything he drained me of everything uh-huh. and still what more could he want and she right. basically says too like that she'd rather basically give up the job right than him see there karaz yeah so you know she's and like she's like keep him away from so me. please just do what you keep him away from yeah me. right and pearl obviously agrees to this so mm-hmm. again like it, it says a lot that someone like pearl is keeping that secret yeah. for her mm-hmm. more than melo more than anyone else yep so absolutely so then we uh, are are solid and sweet and logical. Angen is back. I will. I do want to. One thing I th- I think is really good is that Pearl points out to her. Listen, you're the only one who can piss him off and bring oh, him yeah, peace. Yeah, yeah. So maybe if you want my advice, maybe just try to talk to him calmly. Yeah. Like lay it out for him, and mm-hmm. maybe he'll listen to you. Yeah. And she's like, you know what? You're right. Yeah. So anyway, sorry. No, that's because that's what ends up leading her to agree to go to dinner with him later when he's like, yes, you know. So, so we get Engin again <laughs> being the voice of reason and calling Sarkon out for his BS. And I've missed that so Me much. too. Me mm-hmm. too. Mm-hmm. Because he confronts him and he's like, Sarkon, how ugly. Yes. Oh, yes. I know. I know. That's a good best friend. It really is. And uh, Sarkon basically is like, what are you talking about? And Engin's like, you call her to you because she doesn't want to talk to you. Mm-hmm. She became a renowned landscape designer. You can't do that, brother. Uh-huh. And Sarkon's like, what's ugly? Anyone would do that. He's like, this is a job. And Angie's like, a job? And again brings up all the other places they have jobs. Yes. He's like, don't talk to me about work, brother. Yeah, again, brings up all the other places. He's like, but you are choosing to be in a hotel in Chile of like, all places. Isn't this when he is like, because she's hiding something from me? Uh-huh. <laughs> and he's like, Sarkhan, are you okay? <laughs> no. No, he is not. He's like, you ruined her life. She suffered because of you. And this, again, sparked my interest. Because, yeah, if his best friend is telling him, yep. you ruined her life. Mm-hmm. If his other best friend is 
willingly keeping, keeping his child from him. Yeah. What went down? Yes. Yeah. He's like, of course she wants you to leave. <laughs> and Sarkhan, delusional Sarkhan is like, no, it's not like that. She's <laughs> dating someone. Oh so my we gosh. come down to the real brass tacks <laughs> here. He's like, uh, and Aegon's like, of course there's something. Like, Allah, Allah. Here it is, yeah. <laughs> He's like, how many years have passed? Of course this is going to happen. And this is when we find out. Uh-huh. Sarkhan's like, no, of, what do you mean, of course? No, of course not. Am I dating anyone? No. Have I been with someone? No. And he's like, yes, okay. Ingen's like, okay, sure, fine. But you forget that Edda is a is normal, normal person. <laughs> he's like, and I love it that we also know, because he also points out, every woman in Istanbul is after you. Just uh-huh. pick one and get married. Which means he's clearly had opportunity. Yep, plenty of opportunity. And he and hasn't done to. anything because he only has eyes for Edda. That's right. That's right. So that, you know, that's kind of that. Well, then this is when Pearl comes and gets them and she's like, the presentation's ready. And that's when, you know, he, she starts scolding him Mm -hmm. about, you came back here after I told you. And all of a sudden he's like, whose side are you on? And that's when they They both say, say, Edda. (laughs) Love it. So presentation time, Denise is late. Mm -hmm. And she's like super scatterbrained. And, you know, she's. It is like, I've prepared a presentation about the land of the hotel. Everything's in front of you. And she's like, perhaps you know, this is the oldest hotel in Chile. Mm -hmm. And Denise goes, the owner, the owner of the hotel says, it is? I didn't know this. I (laughs) I thought thought daddy built built it. it. So I was like, okay, we're clearly establishing the kind of character she is. Yes. And it's so funny because... If you listen to what Ed is describing about this hotel, mm-hmm. she's also describing Ed Sarah's history. Mm-hmm. So this hotel is absolutely a metaphor for Ed Sarah. Yes, 100%. Because she says, this is a hotel that has survived several fires uh-huh. and was able to stay on his feet. Yep. She says, the islet in the middle of the hotel symbolizes the heart of it. Mm-hmm. These forget-me-nots. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I should thank you finally so much. We For almost a year. That episode aired on, like, July 24th. It has been almost it, a year. Is it too much of me to think that maybe she heard our pleas? No, I'm hoping. <laughs> I, I'm like, maybe she heard us and was like, let me put them out of their misery. I'll because tell them what these we, flowers are. You guys know how tortured we have yes. been by these flowers. Yeah, I mean, in episode five alone, we went on about it. But then for several episodes after, anytime it would come up, we would sit there and like mull over it because I we're like, we walking. know these, we know these aren't just flowers being kept in glass that aren't, those flowers mean something. Yes, they do. And this was the final, final confirmation. Yes. That they Ugh. mean something. Yes. And not only do they mean something, but they're forget-me-nots. Forget-me-nots. And then the fact that she's using them in the hotel uh-huh. only solidifies the fact that this was definitely a metaphor oh for Ed Oh, my gosh. Oh, my like, gosh, you guys. I, okay, so listen, I texted Ashley, and I was like, <laughs> I need, this was uh, Wednesday night after the subs had dropped, and I was like, Ashley, I need, like, something I should put something in there for us. I don't have proof that she did it specifically for us, but she put it in there for us. And I was like, "You, ha- oh, I can't wait till you get to it." Like, oh my gosh! And I knew the second I, the second it flashed, I was like, "That's okay, that's okay, that's okay. Yes. Oh my gosh! Oh my gosh! So, which you know, the name 
right there tells you exactly what they mean. Yes. And they, they so they signify everlasting love. Uh-huh. And there's like all this, there's just even more to it. Are you going to read the passage? Because there's a specific passage in there that I'm like, oh my gosh. Like, yeah, well. Um, I mean, it's long. Not the whole thing, obviously, because it's several pages. Right, right. Um, well, there were a few things, mm-hmm. but um, there's – sorry. It's okay. Find it because, I mean, I'm well, assuming – There are you... several legends. Yes, there are. And just really quickly, you guys, obviously you know this if you've watched the episode, and I assume you have, but she talks about how she planted forget-me-nots. And then Sarah Khan, this is the first time – I think it's Sarah Khan's flashback. Mm. Um that it flashes to the flowers in the glass Mm -hmm. and that's what the confirmation was for us that they were forget-me-nots so yeah we just got so excited we didn't mention that part i know um you probably already knew that (laughs) yeah for real um sorry i have to find i should have been more specific in my (laughs) i know because there's so many pages on it yeah um well there's one that's as the story goes, the two lovers were taking a walk. Yeah, so mm-hmm. there are several, like, legends behind these forget-me-nots and why they're called mm-hmm. such. And I just thought it was really interesting uh-huh. in all of these legends. Um, so there are plenty of variations, mm-hmm. but um, there are two lovers that are taking a walk mm-hmm. by the edge of a lake when the maiden spots a cluster of little blue flowers growing on the opposite bank. She wished to possess these flowers, so her knight (laughs) dove in the water while wearing a full suit of armor to fetch them for her. With the flowers in hand, he began swimming back to her, but the weight of his armor was quickly draining his energy, and he began to sink. Uh As he drowned, he threw the bouquet toward the maiden while shouting for her to never forget him. This next one also... Mm -hmm. Uh, okay, in another reta- in a retelling of this story from Laura Valentine's Victorian book, Beautiful Bouquets Culled from the Poets of All Countries, hmm. Albert, a knight, and Ida, isn't Ida, Ida. very mm-hmm. interesting mm-hmm. a name mm-hmm. for a girl? Mm-hmm. A lady are outside on a walk together. Ida sees the flowers on an island in the middle of the lake, and as Albert swims to gather them for her, he encounters rising waves which formed in wrath mm. as if some spirit's hand awoke the gentle, the, I'm sorry, the genie of the lake to guard their mystic land. While trying in vain to swim back to Ida, the water's, quote, angry waves pull him to his desk, to his death. <laughs> well, and his desk, because <laughs> yeah. if we're talking about Sarkon. As he sinks, the flowers fall to her feet and he exclaims, Ida, forget me not. Now these angry waves. Well, no, what I was going to point out is the fact that in this legend of mm-hmm. Forget-Me-Not specifically, it's a knight. And Serkan's name, as we know, means noble. Oh. And, uh-huh. <gasps> uh-huh. How can people not love this? <laughs> like. <sighs> and I was like, of course he's a knight. Like, of mm-hmm. course in this legend of the Forget-Me-Nots, which have been the flower to yep. haunt us from the beginning. From the beginning. <laughs> The main, the hero is a knight. Yep. And then her name is Ida. Are you yep. kidding me? Well, and in both of those legends, something is 
weighing him down. Uh-huh. Something is Holding keeping him, him from getting back to her. And the yep. one, it's his armor, which you could argue Sercon does put up walls to protect Very himself and puts on armor, armor to protect himself. Uh-huh. And these, quote, angry waves. Uh-huh. I mean, I clearly in the flashback where we'll talk about eventually, he is angry because he's scared. Yes. Um, You know, but there's a lot of anger and fear and all this mm-hmm. other stuff that's holding him back from her. Yeah. Because uh, no matter what corresponded that actually broke them up, we know that those things did play the walls he puts up, his fear, his anger, his, like that Absolutely. has played a role in it. Mm-hmm. And so, oh my gosh, yeah, those forget me not legends. Like, so, you know, this then begs the question was there always going to be a time jump and a secret baby? Because, like, maybe it was just supposed to be a lot sooner. Mm. But were we all, like, was this maybe part of her plan always? Maybe not with the whole brain tumor thing and maybe all that. Maybe it you know, was she because but, of the fact that we had the baby situation in the 20s. Well, and the whole legend of Sirius right. disappearing and the goddess is pregnant. We haven't seen Sirius yet. We haven't. So, serious question. Mm. Elbow, elbow. Is he dead or alive? Because the legend is when when Sirius is not visible, the goddess is pregnant. Now, by not visible, does that just mean when the constellation right, is invisible? Right, right. But in this case, not visible is it? Is he gone? It, forever? Is he like gone forever? You know. And again, I know certain logic has to go out the window. But Rot- right, Rot- right. Rottweilers don't really make it to double digit ages. Sure, he was clearly a few older. years old and older when yeah. we first met him and now right. five more years has passed. Yeah. So logic would tell us he's probably not still around. Uh-huh. And can you imagine like if he died the same day Edda found out she was pregnant? Or or if that were the day that Sarkon took him away because oh. Sirius was with Edda uh-huh. for a while. Yeah. And so that could play into the symbolism of mm-hmm. that as well where the day that they parted and she wasn't going to see Sirius again because <gasps> he disappeared from her mm-hmm. life oh <laughs> yes see? oh my gosh <sighs> oh my gosh I just all this stuff okay yeah I know I, so ugh, ugh. She does her she does her presentation obviously obviously it's, it's amazing yes. yes they all sing her praises except for Sarah Connor. exactly who's like it was okay yeah well, Turned. then he comes to find her. Yes. And he actually apologizes for yesterday. What kind of – we've been asking for such clear communication and acknowledgement of wrongs yeah. on both their parts. And they both do and in they, this scene. Yes. Because oh, they're yes. both like, I said this, I shouldn't have. Well, I said this and I shouldn't have. Right. So there's kind of a tentative truce there. Yes. And he asks her to dinner and he says, you know – I can't leave without us talking to each other about everything. I love that. That he doesn't just say, I don't want to leave, but Me I too. can't. Yep. Like, we need to clear the air. Mm-hmm. So clearly that's what the main point of this is. Yeah. And I even love the fact that she says to him at one point, she says, you know, okay, yeah, let's go. I Can we talk to each other like two adults who clearly loved each other at one point? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, so we're talking, we're going to be mature about this. We're going to like. Yes. Yeah, so I oh, I love that that, like, foundation is laid before we even get to dinner. Yeah. So he's like, well, do you still have the same number? I'll send you a location. And she's like, no, hang on. Let me write it down for you. And he, of course, is like, oh, you changed your number so I couldn't call you. I love She's like, don't count yourself so important. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But she hands it over and he notices the one thing uh-huh. he notices of all things to notice is the fact that she Her last Yildiz. name is Yildiz. And he's like... <laughs> 
And he says, Yildiz, with a smile on his face. Okay, when I first saw it, I thought it was because the post-it note was shaped like a star. And he was, like, laughing at that. Oh, no. But then I, when I was watching it again, I was like, oh, no. He's happy because that's what her last name uh-huh. is. Which and means she's, she's like, yeah, Edda Yildiz. Yeah. Because she probably didn't no. even think about it. But he's seeing he's it like, as at least oh. she's not married. Like, yep. still doesn't know if she's with someone, but at least she's not married. But confirmation uh-huh. that she's not married. Mm-hmm. So good. Oh, my gosh. So then it's, um, you know, we we do have some um, Idon and Kimal drama that comes because they wind up um, yeah. going on a walk and running into Ifair and then there's this right, whole, like. which is awkward. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, they, this just further confirms that they both have animosity towards mm-hmm. the other and, you know, Serkan and Ada respectively. Yeah. And um, so Melo, again, is doing a quick flirt with someone and I'm like please give her a sweet adoring man like our baby deserves um Melo ends up distracting Ifer and is like oh Kiraz wanted locum from you just to keep her again out of the hotel yeah which is what leads to the run-in with Three's company right so now it's time to pick out a dress Yes, and again, this was just really cute because Pearl's there mm-hmm. and they're giving their friend advice. <laughs> yes, like, and let him like, eat his heart out. Yes. Yeah. And Pearl's like, the dress should say, I I uh, don't care about you, but I'm elegant and simple. <laughs> so I just, I feel like the stuff like that seems like that. It's totally yes. the way you kind of prepare for war yes. with your girlfriends. Absolutely. And they help you pick out your outfit and they're like, the dress should say this and you need to be fierce and all this Absolutely. stuff. Absolutely. So Ifair winds up back with Kiraz mm-hmm. and, you know, so they kind of mull over and explain away why she's getting ready real quickly, right. you know, because obviously they don't want Ifair to know. But they can't agree on a dress and so Edda says, you know what? I'll pick out the dress my daughter. I'll yes. wear the dress my daughter picks out for me. Mm-hmm. And Kiraz quickly picks out a dress mm-hmm. that, of and course, she's going to stun in. And yes, yes, it's blue. So, so I get, love it. Okay. Then Ingen helps helps Serkan get ready and tells him not to touch her. Yes. Well, they both, in both sides, they basically, the friends are telling them, say what you want and then get out. Yes, say what you need to say. (laughs) Don't let him get close to you. And leave it be. Yeah, and then Ingen's like, don't touch her. (sighs) And then the girl, and then Edda's kind of like, well, what if he does get close to me? And then they get interrupted. Right. But now it's on to dinner. Now we're at dinner. So Edda's walking in. And we get our first flashback. Yes. I love that we get all three of these before she even sits mm-hmm. down. So we've set we've set the table physically and metaphorically speaking yeah. here for what this dinner is going to be. Yeah. Be- and I just – I basically wrote it's perfect angst because the first yep. two are basically – the first two flashbacks, I didn't really take screenshots because it's just essentially her trying to get him to eat. Yeah, yeah. And in the first one, it's sweet because he's just like the it meds. I'm, I have no appetite and – they make me sleepy. I don't even think I'm going to be able to stay awake for the movie. Mm-hmm. And she says, then she basically tells him, lay down and I'll tell you about the movie. And so yeah. she's like stroking his head and tells him about the movie. And she's fighting tears yes. because obviously this is difficult for her as well. And she's trying to, to be strong him. for him. Uh-huh. In this state. Yes. And then we get another scene where he's working. Mm-hmm. So again, it's yeah. going to be a medical for metaphorical situation right. because how does Ser- Serkan deal right. with difficult things? He works. Mm-hmm. So he is still feeling terrible. He's working and Ed is like, hey, guess what? I brought you some soup. Mm-hmm. And she's he tells her, Edda, I don't want anything. I told you I'm sick. I'm nauseous. I can't eat anything. Mm-hmm. And she's like, we got to keep your strength up. You're going right. to have some scans tomorrow. We need to make sure you eat. Yeah. And then he 
loses it yep. and loses his temper, throws the tray. This this specific one, this is and the next one, mm-hmm. the acting between of the two of them. <sighs> because I cried. Chills and again. I, yep. Like yes. with with Hande's crying when I know. she loses it after he walks out yep. after smashing the yep. tray, I was like crying. Like can now you're bringing this up about their acting. Can I just say how refreshing it is that not once was I taken out of Ed Sarah in this entire episode. Never once did I feel like I was watching Hande and Karam. Mm -mm. And again, all the props to them for doing what they had to, because they had to improv and fill in a lot of gaps during the 30s. And I understand that. Mm -hmm. I'm not faulting them for that at all. I appreciate that they did that. Mm -hmm. But I love Hong Care, uh-huh. but I don't watch Senchal Kapama for Hong Care. Right. I watch it for Ed Sarah yep. and their story. And so just to me, like the fact that it did not occur to me one time, like these two are dating in real life mm-hmm. while watching them yeah. on screen speaks just so much. So yep. it just reminded me of that. Yeah. Um, and you know, Hannah was telling me, we've brought up our friend Hannah before. Mm. Our resident mental health expert. Yeah. I really loved this. <laughs> and I'm very grossly summarizing what she said to me. But okay. Um, Basically, you know, she said, because there were some people upset. upset people. Yes. About the whole soup throwing and sure. calling it abusive and all this stuff. Now, here's okay. here's the thing. I'm not, I don't want to belittle or negate anyone who was upset by that scene. It is an upsetting scene. It's very upsetting. However, never want, Edda crying has everything to do with the situation. Yes. And not that I don't ever get the feeling she was scared of Sarah Connor, thought no. he was going to physically harm her. No. And what he was doing was basically reacting because it's one of the only things he can control mm-hmm. in what's going on. He can make the decisions about whether he's going to eat or not. Yeah. And someone is trying to take that away from mm-hmm. him by telling him he has to eat. Mm-hmm. And yes, she's doing it out of love. But he also clearly sees it as her mothering him. Right. And he doesn't want her to be his mom. Yes. And that's a very valid thing, especially when people are sick and your significant other is your caretaker. Yep. There does become this blurred line mm-hmm. that can happen. Sure. You know. Between caretaker and lover. Yes, yeah. exactly. And so that, to me, him saying that spoke a lot. But, yeah. what, but, you know, one of the things that Hannah pointed out was just that. She was like, you know, he. it does make sense that he would want to control that food aspect. Yeah. Because it's one of the few things he has control over still. And she's interrupting him while he's working, mm-hmm. which is another, another thing, thing he's trying yes. to use for control and to in his life yep. an anchor, so to speak, yes. in this insane storm that he's weathering. Yes. With her. With her. But it's still. Yeah. They're different. He's yes. in it in one way and she's in it in a different They're in it together, but he's the one that's actually sick. She's the one that's right. having to She's trying to and, cope by taking care of him. He's right. trying to cope by doing something he can do. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So it this I I appreciated this scene for mm-hmm. exactly what it was. Yeah. Um and you know, because yeah, after he storms out and is like, I just want peace. Yep. I don't want a mother. I don't need this. Yep. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. And storms out. And like you said, her acting here when she just loses it. Because she's reached her, like, we're all going to have our limits, especially in such a um, fragile situation like that. You know, because we saw her being really strong in that first scene. And Mm -hmm. then now this second scene clearly happened at some point later. And she reached her limit. And, you know, and so she's hurting. And then we flash back to Edda in the present really quickly Mm -hmm. before getting our third and final flashback before dinner. Right. And she's sitting there. 
again, just seemingly the same day. Yes, that the the outburst happened. Yes, and then he comes in and he's teary eyed. But you notice too, she tries to hurry and Uh like wipe the tears and like kind of put that stiff upper upper lip on. But I love this because he sits down across from her, Mm -hmm. and the way he grabs her hands, their hand chemistry and their forehead chemistry (laughs) is just. I love it. But yeah, he grabs her hands and just the desperation in this scene on both of their parts. Mm-hmm. Karem is so, I love that we're getting to see him flex this muscle, this acting muscle, because I've seen it in his other ones, mm-hmm. in his other DZs. I love getting to see it in this one, you know, because he is, like you said, he's teary eyed. He is, he kind of is defeated at this point. Um, and finally in a place where he's going to be vulnerable with her. And he holds her hand and looks at her and or he's kind of looking down and he says, I don't want to lose you. Mm-hmm. I don't want to let you go. And Edda is just, ugh, it's, she's broken at this point. So, you know, she. See, my, my translation, his second line, he said, I don't want to die. Okay. And that's what I have next okay. is Edda, I don't want to die. Okay. She says, I don't want to let you go. She, we flash to her. We see her face just contorting in mm-hmm. pain. Um. And he says, I don't want to, Edda, I don't want to die. Mm-hmm. I'm afraid. Mm-hmm. And this is when she finally speaks and says, don't be afraid. Mm-hmm. Um, please don't be afraid. And he, we flash to his face and he kind of does that long pause of closing his eyes. Mm-hmm. She says, you won't die. You will live. Serkan, you will live for us. Please, please, yeah. please don't think like this. Please. She's just pleading with him and. Mm-hmm. they're getting physically closer at this point because at this, right. now they're like foreheads are touching and they're they have like death grip on each other's hands mm-hmm. he leans in to kiss her forehead he's got tears streaming down his face and he says i love you so much mm-hmm. and then kisses her forehead again she kind of grabs his face it's just this super intimate and vulnerable moment yeah and then we're brought back into um the present be- right before she you know puts on her not game face but right you know, essentially, yeah, essentially, yeah, and goes to dinner. So they just kind of start having small talk. She tells him one time she was in Italy and she <laughs> thought she saw him. Part of me thinks, was it really? Him? Okay, I think it was. I think it was when too. she says, I wish you could have been at my graduation, mm-hmm. and he pauses for a minute and says, Me too. I'm like, I bet he was. Yeah, and people are like, Well, he couldn't because then Karaz would have been there. Here's the thing he would have been somewhere in the shadows. Sure. He would have been there just enough to see her graduate. Yep. My guess is we'll get a flashback of that. We'll turn and see him leave the graduation before he can be spotted. Yeah. And then it'll be like Ifair and Mail will come up from the audience to With hug Kiraz. her and they have Kiraz and they all kind of hug. But it's after he's turned around and left. Yeah. So, it's, but I think. It's not illogical for opportunities to arise where he's seeing her without her daughter especially yeah. if it's in the context of school or work right. where her daughter is not going to be with her all the time all the time mm-hmm. yep so i 100 percent think he was there at her graduation and yeah. i loved when he was like did you jump in the sea and she's like yeah. something like that but it makes me yeah i wonder the same thing if yeah. it was him yep so he just asked about italy she talks about how it was great italy gave me a lot mm. art landscape education all these things um and yeah, that's when he brings up the whole perk of a breakup because at least you got to right. finish school and graduate. But I love that she says that nothing could replace the education that he gave yep. her. So, and I she's always it. been good about no matter what's going on with them personally, she's never lost her respect for him as an mm-hmm. architect. Um, because even when they, you know, were 
broken up and mm-hmm. they have that whole autumn walk and they're talking about you know and he gives her that architect and she's like you think i'm worthy of this and he's like of yeah. course you are have you seen how far you've come and they yeah. draw together and she just is so in awe of the work he can do and you know they're broken up at this point yeah. so that professional respect has always been there and i right. i'm i'm happy to see that that's still intact mm-hmm. um well then the dinner arrives and very cute. He peels the shrimp for her. Because he's like, do they still, does the head still bother you? Yeah. I love that because it was very, it was very much the crust. bread crust mm-hmm. thing. Yes. Oh. Yeah. And um, she kind of doesn't catch herself and she starts putting potatoes on uh-huh, his plate. Like she did. And then she's like, oh crap. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, what am I doing? And then he explains, oh, don't worry about it. I've grown a little used to it. And he t- tells her a story about when he was in Japan and he didn't have a translator uh-huh. and he accidentally ordered French fries. <laughs> oh my gosh. So it's, it's and, kind yeah. of a just cute little um, story. Yes. I love that they got to catch up and he got to tell her about Japan because he tells her how he then wound up in a techno bar too. Right. And she's like, Saragambola in a techno bar. Like, yes. what did you do? And he's like, don't ask. <laughs> she's like, I would have danced. And he's like, we used to dance a lot. And she's like, I still dance. That didn't have anything to do with mm-hmm. you. And I do love that because she's like, that's always been a thing for me. Yeah. Um, You know, and so she is like, tell me more about Japan. I'll tell you more about Italy. Right. And so we get the feeling that that's kind of what they did then because the scene changes to like later in the evening. So they did get some good catch up. They did. And she, at that point, she acknowledges too that it was a nice evening where they got to just speak like adults and be Mm -hmm. mature. Yeah. And all of that. So again, I just, I appreciated that so much. But Mm -hmm. it's about to get serious because she says to him that she has a request. Yes. And, um, so, <laughs> because he brings up, cause she's like, oh, you know, this was lovely, mm-hmm. an evening without fighting or disputes. And he's like, yes, but you still seem to be hiding something from me. Mm-hmm. And she's like, well, just let it stay with me then. Yeah. I love that she doesn't deny it. She right. just basically says like, she doesn't want Like, it's not time yet. Right. And I'm not going to tell you. Yes. Yeah. So... Then she gets to her request. Oh, also, too, I forgot. After when she's when he's like, we used to dance. And she's like, well, I still do. That doesn't have to do with you. And he's mm-hmm. like, oh, I see you're still very sweet. Some things never change. <laughs> I love that she says um, even potatoes change. Because that was a nod back to episode 22, the beginning of it, when they're talking about, like, how he's like, you color my life. Mm-hmm. And then they kind of start talking about potatoes and, like, how, you, you know, and he's like, you're comparing me to a potato. And she's like, you know, but even potatoes oh, change. Like, yes. you know. Um, yeah. So I did like that it was a, a little nod Call and callback back to that. Well, I like that, too, because that's not an episode that she wrote. And so mm. it's like, she is implement like. Yeah. She's absolutely implementing plots and things that have happened in her absence. Oh, yeah. She's not just ignoring that. Oh, yeah. Um, and I, but I love that the way she, I love the way she's finding the ways to bring them into her yes. story. Yeah. So Edda says, I've been waiting for you a very long time, Serkan. <sighs> and mm. of course, she's not just talking physically. We mm. know this. Absolutely. The second she said that too, I immediately went back to Antalya, mm-hmm. Antalya, because the first thing she talked when she's telling that story of Apollo mm-hmm. and she says that the woman waited yep. and waited and waited. Yep. So. And he never came back. And he never came back. But she says, for example, when we got engaged, I expected you to love me. Then I expected you to be honest with me. Mm-hmm. 
I was waiting for you to part with Celine. Yeah, I'm so glad all of this stuff is getting acknowledged because what have we been saying? They never were. De- they, they never, never dealt did. with the fallout. They never acknowledged they never the did. trauma. <sighs> yep. She says, I waited for your memory to return. I waited for you to heal. When it was, uh, sorry, it was like I found myself on a planet and I got lost. Mm-hmm. And he says, Edda, and I love that she says, let me finish. Yes. <laughs> yes. I was because, like, yep. yes, don't interrupt her. Yes. No, let her speak. You asked her to, you asked her to, inter- you asked to clear the air and mm-hmm. now she's wanting to clear it. So let her clear it. Yep. So she says, then you were cured and I thought that everything would be fine and now we can live our lives. Mm-hmm. Now we can get enough of our love. Mm-hmm. And he's just looking at his, her in such oh, a way. Her, the whole time she's giving this monologue, his face the entire time is all, it's literal angst perfection. Mm-hmm. Like they killed this scene. Anyways, keep going. So she says, and then you said that work is important to you, that you didn't want to, that you didn't want to even work with me. You didn't want to live with me in the same house. And he's twirling and a flower. He is. And she says, I tried to understand your attachment to work, your fear of death. Perhaps this is what prompted your desire to become immortal. Okay. The <laughs> fact that she uses the word immortal, immortal. Uh-huh. again, calling back to Apollo uh-huh. because him realizing, realizing her mortality, her mortality yep. and is what that's what drove him away from her. Is that because he realized yep. she would get old, all this stuff. Now, this is more him realizing his mortality. Sure. But still, he is what, – what you're about to describe next is him trying to immortalize himself. Yep. yep. <clears throat> because she says, Serkan Bolat will take on major projects to become immortal. He was fixated on this. Mm-hmm. And then you forgot about real life. Yeah. You forgot to live. Yeah. You forgot me. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Eda, that's not true. <sighs> You kept postponing the wedding date, and I waited all the time. And then, you know, you know what happened. Quarrels, conflicts, and then you said you didn't want to see me. I want you to leave here before the morning. And he's like, no, don't do that. And she's like, I can't be in the same place as you. If you respect me even a little. And she starts to cry here. Her voice cracks Cracks. Uh uh-huh and because you and you're like okay she she's losing it she can't do this anymore right she's like if you love me even a little then you will leave so the way after she says that (laughs) and the way it slides from just her face in the Mm -hmm. screen and it slides over to hit i don't know the way they did that cinematographically (laughs) um i just i feel like it added so much to what's being said in the yeah. scene like it just really set the like you're seeing specifically her face and emotions and then you're specifically seeing how it's affecting him yeah um i don't know i just i really i really liked it it yeah. just added to the emotion that's clearly at play here mm-hmm. so that's dinner because she gets up and walks yeah. away she said her piece mm-hmm. and yeah and she leaves because she's literally got nothing left yep. in her and who can blame her right um I mean, after this, the episode is essentially over. I mean, we yeah because we get both of them going back home, mm-hmm. um, and they both have encounters with their best friends. Yes, and he's I love it because they both have very little to say. Yeah, you know, 
and they essentially and don't say anything. Really, no, just that it didn't it didn't go well. Clearly, right, that they're not okay. And they both best friends are like, okay, I'm gonna leave you to it then. Mm-hmm. Um, after that, we don't really see Sarahcon again. Just that he kind of stays right. there and drinks at the bar. But Edda, I thought it was interesting because she goes to her sleeping Karaz, mm-hmm. and she, you know she's sleeping so she doesn't hear her but she apologizes to her and says i couldn't tell him again again." now was that meaning like from the first time she tried clearly she's tried to do this before right so at some point she did make an attempt to tell him Mm -hmm. either i'm guessing it's like right when she was pregnant maybe and then she couldn't tell him because of based on something he said or did yeah or because if they haven't seen each other in five years, I don't see when she would have had the another opportunity right. to tell him. Yeah. Um, so. I have a feeling that the big capital T thing that mm-hmm. happened happened as she was trying to tell him that, that she, she was, was pregnant. pregnant. And mm-hmm. then that's when their relationship actually ended. Yep. And, and then she was like, well, then forget it. I'm going to raise this child on my own. Well, and I could see him saying or doing something that basically implies like, Good thing we'll have a clean break. Right. Good thing there's no kids involved. I never wanted exactly. them anyways. Like, exactly. you know what I mean? Just stuff. And if if he did or said something like that, as a mom, yeah. I'm not a mom. I can't specifically speak to this. But I think just from things I've seen as this storyline was revealed and uh-huh. things on Twitter, seeing people who are moms say like, yeah, you know what? There is something, there is a switch in you that will literally do anything to protect your child, even if it means keeping people out of their lives. Yep. And not that it necessarily makes it, quote, right in a just black and white world. Correct. Um, But that, yeah, like I've had to cut people out of my children's lives for their safety. Mm-hmm. And I have to, and I'm not perfect. And as a mom, I have to make that decision right then and there. Right. And if she thought for a second that her child was going to feel unwanted or unloved and mm-hmm. know that her father didn't want her, didn't want her, of course she's, yeah, of course she's going to protect that. And yep. instead, tell be able to kind of tell her about her dad in the form of him being an astronaut right <laughs> you and know? have them be happy memories yes and happy thoughts of her dad yes instead of oh actually he never wanted you and he we broke up so exactly <laughs> sorry <laughs> exactly exactly so yeah. um we do get that whole kerfuffle with Idon and Kimal and then Safi shows up. Oh yeah. And then Sarkon shows up and the whole flushing the toilet all right. it was so it was <laughs> Yeah. It was really <laughs> Yeah. They well, they clearly had fun in that scene. I will say did. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then Sarkon does tell Idon that he saw Edda. Yes. But it doesn't really go any further than Well, that. no, because I because and he already says, like, don't say anything. So it's mm-hmm. like he already knows what Idon's gonna say. And she right. tries to be like, you don't know, blah, blah, blah. But clearly she has she feels some kind of way about it. Yeah. So he ends up leaving because he's like, This is weird. What are you doing in here, Safi? Right. Poor Kimal again is like, look at what you've amounted me to yes. like yeah um so then next morning next morning did you love that Melo and her Deborah yes. was like I didn't miss you and she's like I, I didn't, didn't miss, miss you either, either. <laughs> I I loved that and then it was really cute. and then this is when you kind of talked about the whole court uh, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. The Shakespeare's Fool situation, yes. where Erdem seems to be kind of orchestrating, um, orchestrating this whole thing while he's watering plants. Uh huh. And he doesn't even work. He's watering plants, but he yeah. doesn't work for the hotel. Right. It, that's not his job. Yeah. But he's watering the plants at the hotel yeah. while this is all happening, yeah. mm-hmm. which just totally adds another interesting element mm-hmm. to it. Because I was like, why is he watering these plants? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well. Yeah. Um. So, 
everybody slowly ends up descending upon the cafe. Yes. You know, for whatever reason or another. Right. Because they're all looking for somebody. Yeah, and Sarah Connor and Kimmel. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. and so we get the whole group there at the end of it. Uh, Ada looks at him and she's like, You didn't leave. Wow, you didn't leave. Mm-hmm. And then he because does he even respond to her he's like yes i have more work or i don't um, does he say something to her i've watched this episode three times and i I can't remember because the whole crux of it whether he says something or not karaz walks up or runs up Uh everybody turns and she's like i found a new friend and it's it's john John. (laughs) yes which (laughs) Which is really cute love love yeah so you know, and then of course he's like Anne, yeah. and then and we get the slow motion pan, yes, and that's the, end the, of the episode. episode. Ends. Yeah, so which I'm proud that I predicted that this was the reveal. Uh huh. So I'm interested to see if the continuation of my see, predictions in the timeline is uh-huh. going to be on track with the bottles specifically. Oh, okay. Of 42 being when we get the bottles. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I. That was a perfect ending for the season opener and for what the plot is. Oh, it's yeah. great. Now, seemingly with the fragments, it doesn't seem like it's made obvious that she's Ada's because Idon's like, I would swear that child's Ada's. She looks just like her or she's mm. acting like her. So I don't know if Melo kind of steps up and is like, who's your friend, Kiraz? Oh, okay. Like, or if there's something like that because even there's the fact that there's interactions with Kiraz and Serkan is interesting to me. I know. Because I don't know that he would still be interacting with her like in the bratty way that he does knowing she's Edda's child. Uh, so I'm really curious if they're gonna... I, I think he'll... Do you think he'll find out next episode that she's Edda's at least? I hope so. Because I don't my, want this to drag on too long. No, no. Um, Because my thing too is he already assumes that Barack is her dad. So right. like... It would stand to reason if Melo kind of run, ran up and took care of Karaz in the opening of the next thing. Like, he's kind of yeah. like, oh, you two have something, you know? Because I don't see I don't see Melo, Pearl, or Ifair giving up the truth no. right in front of everybody no. when they know it does wishes. Yes. So I could see them keep, you know. Doing something just to dissipate. some sort of explanation yes. for this situation. And then, um, but probably telling her like, mm-hmm. okay, your your clock is ticking because yeah, he's officially he, seen the two of you together, yes, and he knows she exists in some form. Correct. Like, yeah, yeah. I think that. Um, and he's not stupid. He no, he's heard not. her say that her mom is a fairy. Yeah, and that her dad is an astronaut. Like, yep. you know what he, I mean? He's gonna be able to put the pieces together when he figures out her age. He's gonna be able to do math. Uh huh. Like. <laughs> I mean, once he once I think once it's revealed that it's Edda's child, yes, he's gonna. He is like, just going oh, to crap. then know that it's she's his. My yes, she's I think daughter. it's gonna be when she tells him like, Kiraz is my daughter. Yes, the realization's gonna dawn on yeah. him. Yeah, that that means it's his daughter yeah. too. Yeah, uh, whenever that happens. So right. Okay. So clearly, from the fragments, we see too that she has a strawberry allergy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Um, which of course she does <clears throat> and the strawberry allergy has been such a big part of our fandom too yeah. just outside of the show so I love that that's something being implemented there yeah. um and then I did like can, there has to be a reason for the fact that John and Sonam babysat a baby of a oh, single I mother know. named Karaz mm-hmm. So and I think in the I think in EK she was like I think they said she was like a nurse or something. I don't I don't right. but I don't know if they actually I'm pretty sure they specified 
that she had to work. And she had to work. Well, they, she definitely had to work. Yes. And that's why the baby needed to be watched. Yes. Um, but I don't remember them specifying a job. Okay. So, like, they could. what have, if and John and Son have babysat little newborn Kiraz? I know. Like. It's totally possible. Uh, I because, mean. Because Son M was living right by the coast. And, and, if this was even during the time, because we don't really know exactly. Well, she, she said she'd been back from Italy for a year, right? Is that what she said? It's been a year since yeah. she'd been in Italy? Yeah. I thought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, when they go to that first uh-huh. coffee. Unless the subs were misconstrued because we'll right. get to watch with the good subs because they actually got uploaded As in we the middle recording. of us recording. So I am already excited to watch this episode with those subs and we can clarify anything next week. But so it could have been she was here for a job of some sort, like temporarily, which would mean she wouldn't really have anyone here. Yeah. If, and so if Melo and Ifair had followed her. Right. Or if they, yeah, if they had followed her to Italy and they were still there working, mm-hmm. she came here to consult something where she had to sure. maybe be in Turkey temporarily. Or something can, stuff can happen. Yeah. And yeah. They, she, you know, was neighbors mm-hmm. with, um, what was her name? Started with an M. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Why can't I think Shoot. of her name? I can't either. Anyways, we you guys all know who we're talking about if you yeah, watch yeah, UK. Yeah. But um yeah, Aziz's girlfriend. M- oh my gosh. I wanna I keep wanting to say Melihot, but that's not her no. name. No. Um and gosh, everyone don't. you know who's screaming. No, Mirdaman. Yes. Right? And so you know who's screaming at us right now? Yeah. Moran. <laughs> um she's screaming at her phone, telling us the name. So yes. So, you know, she maybe met her or they you know, who knows? They Maybe they were friends somehow. And so she's like, do you have, you know, can you help me out? Like, I don't right. know what to do. I can't bring the baby here. Um, yeah. So, but to think that John and Son impossibly babysat. I know. That was, that was an Aisha episode. So it, it can't be a coincidence that her name was also Kiraz, right? And she was the baby of a single mom. I know. Right? Right? I, I don't think it's. A coincidence. It can't be. Especially when we know we're getting the, well, the tie-in yes, from and, the 40s, yes, specifically and, of the bottle. Yes, because song of the day last week yes. was Message in a Bottle, message in a bottle yeah. from Aisha's yeah. Twitter. So she would not have put that out there yeah. if she didn't have intentions. I just don't foresee so, it being a coincidence. Yeah. There's, when uh, there are two stories set in Aisha's world. Yes. Yes. Like, it's just. I just don't. <sighs> it not happening i know yeah. like there gosh there's so many ways this can go like i know i know oh my gosh. i'm I just wait. and you know what else i love i love that they're like three episodes ahead in filming yes which means nobody can be nobody can make any last minute script uh-huh. changes to next week's episode because somebody's mad on twitter about whatever yep. or anything like that like there's clearly a planned story yep and we're gonna get to see it play out and just the fact that like Karem was saying, like, I don't say this lightly because basically if things are going to crap, like, I just stay quiet. But each episode is, like, somehow better than the next. Mm-hmm. And I believe him when oh, he says yeah. that. And when they went on that live, he said whatever film, whatever scene they had just finished filming, which was from the fourth episode of the season, he said, he was still stuck in it. So he's like, sorry, my mood's a little weird. Like, I can't get out of this last scene. Mm. We just don't, which means it had to have been a heavy scene. Like, Okay. So there's something big and heavy coming in the fourth episode. Interesting. Well, and I'm I'm predicting it's a flashback of some sort because I think we're gonna get flashbacks pretty much every episode. Oh, I'm sure we will. Um, but yeah. So like, I just oh my gosh, I'm like I 
I can't believe this is real. Like, she's actually back. She's writing our episodes. And seemingly, the last 11, which all my fingers and toes are crossed that that's just what it is so that we get an actual completed story. Yeah. Um, Because how be- – like, quality over quantity. So, I just – yeah, I, not that I want this kind of quality storytelling to end, but it has to. All good things have to come to an end. And so, yeah. for, you know, but I, I'm just, yeah. There's everything about this episode. There wasn't a wasted moment. No. There wasn't any wasted dialogue. There were so many Easter eggs and clues and mm-hmm. all this stuff, like, just interspersed, like, and I'm sure there's even stuff that, like, I probably meant to mention and didn't, like, just because there's just so much. But, right. um. I can't get over your Shakespeare thing, though. Like, I cannot. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll be keeping an eye on. on yes. Air we Dem now we need to specifically pay attention uh-huh. to Erdem. Yeah. In the coming episodes and what he's up to when yeah. it seems like he's just, quote, being Erdem. Mm-hmm. Because, yeah, there's more to him than meets the eye with yeah. that. So, anyways. Yeah. So, um, it was yeah. a perfect episode. It was a perfect episode. And, <sighs> yeah, we're. We are back, baby. We are back, baby, <laughs> in JJ's voice. So, yes, I hope you guys enjoyed um, this. It's long. Sorry, yeah. those of you who wanted a three-hour episode, we almost made it, but... Not quite. Not quite. But I have a feeling the three-hour episode is still out there because there's way yes, bigger things to come. Sure. So, sure. um, anyways, thank you guys for sticking with us this long. Um, do you have any of your own personal theories about where mm-hmm. things are headed or what's going on um, in the coming episodes? Because we want to hear them. Um, and you guys know where to find us all over social media at Dizzy4DZ on Twitter and Instagram. Um, you can email us dizzy4dzpodcast at gmail.com. Um, I haven't mentioned our merch store in a while, but oh, yeah. we it's still there. Yep, it's still there. And link is in the description. Link is, yeah, links in the episode notes. You can also find it clicking the link in either of our social media bios um yeah so coming out with us thank you for hanging out with us for this long and um i cannot wait already for wednesday volume 41 it's just it's less than two days away now <laughs> i know so uh yeah we'll see you guys then and until next time Post to call. Post to call.